everybody and welcome to episode 520 of Conversation Street. This is for the Coronation Street shown in the UK between the 25th and the 29th of April 2022. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. Today we're talking about episodes 10,622 to 10,627. Yes we are and I, I quite like Curry again this week after last week's um, not so good ones. It, I thought it was back on form and it just kind of went to show for me that um, I can enjoy a week that isn't completely dominated by the Toya, Imran and Abby story as well because there were lots of good stuff this week. Um, but Gemma, we have got more news this week haven't we? we? We have talked about this already. In fact, when did we do the Patreon episode? Was it yesterday? Probably. Are you alright? Yes. Tell well, me more. No, you tell me more. This is your thing. We've got a new Patreon gift for our roast Rovers, I'm going to say roast, Rovers tier patrons for 2022 that Gemma has been doing lots of work trying to get hold of. Gemma, tell us. We have got a really cool special gift to celebrate our 10th anniversary for Rovers tiers, which is the highest tier of our patron. You get every single back episode of our amazing bonus podcast patreon thingies plus (laughs) if you've been a rovers tier member for six months or more you will get your hands on a very very special anniversary gift what is it it is a uh stainless steel bottle water bottle or whatever kind of liquid don't tell me what liquid you're putting in it if it's not water you can have them hot (laughs) you can have them cold and it comes with two uh lids it comes with a cool stainless steel lid and it comes with a sport cap which i absolutely love i don't know about everybody else but i really do like sports caps you like to suck on, on a sports cap on water bottles and that's why i don't really i'm not don't really get on with reusable bottles sorry that's just me but this one's got a sports cap on it so you can suck away to your heart's delight it's and really really cool it's really funky because we managed we were looking around i wanted to do a water bottle this year and we were looking around we found a few different ones that offered like black or stainless steel or white ones we did really want that one so you go on brand and have our lovely orange color and we finally found somewhere um which What's is the company called it's fosh um for rc's health yeah. and they also have done co-brands with Rolex oh, so wow. you're going to be in very good company did they, did they like have lots of different colours or was like orange one of I the I just few... said I want an orange one please oh cool um, the colour is officially Seville which is very nice. It's it's a really awesome gift. We got a um a, uh, we got a photo of it at the beginning of the week, didn't we? And then we had an actual one sent to us um just two days ago, was it maybe? And that's like water bottle doesn't sound that cool, but it's it actually cool. really it's really nice and five hundred milliliters, um stainless steel, BPA free, hot or cold. It's got a wide neck on the bottle so you can put ice cubes in, scratch resistant powder coating, triple insulated, and it's got two leak proof lids including a flip lid and it also has a silicone carry handle. Sounds sounds like we're trying to sell this. And it's You can't buy it unless you you can only get it if you are our Patreon member for six months. So um if and, you and want to join, just so you know, if you join now, you will get charged for the month, even though it's the end of the month. But you wanna, yeah, that you makes you one month closer to getting your free gift. Oh, yeah, so I don't true. know how you got you got to weigh it up. Mm, but mm. personally, I because I'm a bit of a cheapskate, I would wait till May if I was going to sign up. And then you get your bonus content, you get a whole month's worth of access um, at the end of the year too. 
Just yes. sign it. But you don't have to sign up because we love oh, no. all, all our listeners equally, obviously. But some people um, just enjoy the bonus amazing content well, that the Patreon offers. We went a long time without having Patreon. Patreon. Inch. Yes. So we would like to thank everybody. We've got 10 years almost. And it's only because of everyone's support that we are able to do cool stuff like celebrate our 10th anniversary. So we really do appreciate everybody. Um so thank you very much. Yeah, um, we 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 we're going to be ordering them pretty soon, aren't we? And we we we've got a batch of them, but we don't know how many to order. So if you thinking that you kind of may be interested in this, you need to sign up fast. So that will so it will tell us how many of them to order. Because yeah, because I think it costs once, less <laughs> if you order late. Once once the batch is gone, I don't know whether we'll be able to get any more. And it might be that new patrons that come on late patrons that come on later in the year um just get one of the t-shirts, which are still pretty cool. But um, yeah, if you want to get yourself one of these water bottles, you need to get in there fast. And of course, if you've been a yeah, if you've been a patron for you know since for donkeys years or well, since how long have we been doing it now? Three years, Three maybe. Years. Um, you will obviously get one of these. And if you sign up now, then um, you get one in six months, unless you do the pay for a year. If you do worth. a year, you get it immediately. Yes. So we'll talk about instant we literally gratification. Appear in your living room and hand it okay, to you. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Goodbye. I think that's enough plugging for that. I think people get the idea. If you look on our social media, you can see some lovely shiny photos of it. It's I am cool so stuff. chuffed with how it looks. I really am. Can't believe it. It's like, when we had our when we had our mugs, I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then we did our t-shirts, which I thought were fantastic. So we had some really cool extra touches to those t-shirts, which if, you, um, if you're a patron, you, you might know. Um, but we had to pay extra to get the label cut out and then we paid extra to get them individually bagged and then we also paid extra to get a little kind of silver like label put in the back with like the the ducks on it to make it even cooler Mm. and this time I think we've outdone ourselves but I just have to warn everybody next year we're not going to be able to top this no Um, this is a special this is a very special 10th anniversary celebration prize thank you and they're, and they're so cool oh. that, that ex Cory cast members have been fighting over them. Yeah, they're they trying have. to get free ones on Twitter, uh, not Twitter, on Instagram today. So we had um, Kel Allen versus Naomi Cooper Davis, who played Sharon, both saying they want. <laughs> well, it was, it was Naomi. It's Laura that, versus Sha- Sharon. Yeah, it's Laura versus and Sharon. And I don't know who would win because I think they've both got some tricks up their sleeves. I think you're right. Naomi first started saying, Do I get a free one? Because I used to be on the cast. And then, Kel, and then Kel's like, Hands off. Dead people should get one first. It was funny. Dead people can't Funnier drink than water. I just made it sound. Right, that's enough of that. Gemma, have you got a weekly quiz for me this week? Yes, I do. Good. 25th to the 29th of April, and years ending in two and a seven, from, I got this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 25th of April, 1962. The residents hear strange noises from number nine, but it's supposed to be empty. Minnie thinks it's new neighbours. Harry thinks it's a mate of Lens looking around. Elsie thinks it's a ghost. Jed Stone scares Martha by saying it's the grandson of which notorious serial killer? What? Jack the Ripper. Yes. Oh, that's easy. It's not difficult. What was it? it? Is that another question? It's not going to be revealed this week. Okay. In fact, I don't think it's ever going to be revealed because it happened on the 30th. Oh, no, maybe No, I think it was a bunch of kids. I've got a feeling. Oh, you're the expert. 25th of April, 2007. Last appearance of which Cory baby who wasn't all that they seemed? Last last Cory baby that wasn't... Oh, probably Holly. Yes. Yes. 26th of April. Why is that, Michael? Why is what? 
Why's what? The baby. Not all they seem. Oh, because it wasn't actually Jason's. Whose was it? Charlie Stubbs. Yeah, you don't get a point. 26th uh-huh. of April, 1967. Harry Eastham robs who of her savings? £52, which is just over £1,000 in today's money. Who, what year was this? 1967? Mm-hmm. M- Minnie Caldwell. Yes. Oh, was it? That's a good And guess. Ina comforts her by she saying... She had a target on her. Ina comforts her by saying God will avenge her. Did he? No, he didn't. Oh. 26th of <laughs> April 2012. Tyrone and Emily spend the night in seventh heaven. <laughs> Did they indeed? What is it and why are they there? Um, oh, was this the silly Bohemian Rhapsody thing? That was the nightclub, wasn't it? The, the, the strip club that uh, Terry Duckworth was putting in next to where the joint, uh, the bistro is now. Why were they there? Protesting. It's opening. 27th of April, that's yes. right, 27th of April 1977, why does Reverend Copley of St. Luke's tell Deirdre he won't baptise Tracy? Ooh, he won't baptise Tracy. Um, it's not because he has a time machine. What? Why would that be it? Because he could look in the future and say she's going to be a murderer. Um, I guess it may be something to do with her parents not being baptised, I'm going to guess that one, that's often one they go for, is it that? Langstons don't go to church. Oh. 27th of April, 1992. What causes Mavis to lash out at Rita and accuse her of playing with her life? I've got no idea. That's probably a common occurrence, to be fair. She won't sell her the cabin. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... um, Rita had said that Mavis and Derek could have it because she was planning to swan off to Florida with with Ted, wasn't she? But then... She found out that he had a brain tumour, so she thought, I'd better stay around in Weatherfield for another 50 odd years. 28th of April, 1997. Who does Dan set up to take the blame for the fire at the Baldwin's factory? How did it don? Um, Mike? No, Ashley. Oh, gosh, of course he does. Idiot. That's stupid of me. 29th of April, 2002. Discovering Dev slept with whom at Christmas? Gina breaks up with him. Ah, now which one was it? Uh, Tracy. Deirdre. Oh, the wrong one. Wow, you really it. screwed that up at the I end. I did. I started off quite well there. Five out of nine. Oh, well. Just forget the, the last few questions. Who's got a birthday coming up? Some good ones. 30th of April, Tanisha Gorey played... He plays Asher mm-hmm. Allahan. 3rd of May, Tommy Boyle played... He plays... Played Phil Jennings. 4th of May, Lucy Jo Hudson, who played Katie Harris. 5th of May... Bill Ward, who played Charlie Stubbs, and Julie Foy, who's Gina Seddon the first. Sixth of May, Susan Brown, who played Connie Clayton the first, and Joseph Aston, who played Tommy Duckworth the second. Happy birthday to all those lovely curry folk! Right, let's go on and talk about this week's Coronation Street. <laughs> Right, so time for Street Talk this week. And like I said earlier on the podcast, I did quite enjoy it this week. Um, there was... I, the, the only thing that let it down for me, really, was there's some a bit of storyline crossover, which has ruined up my notes a little bit. So, and, and also I couldn't think of some storyline titles. Like, all the Daniel stuff this week, it's like Daniel and Daisy and, and, and all that, and Max was kind of in there at the end. In my notes I've just written, Daniel, Daisy, Nikki, Max, Mix. So maybe we call it that. But I have got a good storyline title for George and Eileen. I don't know you like this one. Mm-hmm. Gemma's nodding to the microphone there. George Snorwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like Orwell. 
Mr. Banky, you look very much. Yes. We had a bit more of the Timperton story. Um, I think I've got the. I think I'm doing these in a different order. Doesn't matter. I haven't rearranged them in my notes. We've got. I called this something else as well. Oh my gosh, I'm not even ready for this. No, no, I have Hayes. Hayes, Hayes. What do I call it? That I don't even remember anymore. Habibly ever after. Gemma, Toya, and Imran are getting married next week. How do you feel about that? Traumatized. What? Why? Do you want him for yourself? Thorn in no, Aggie's side for Mr. Thorn. And, oh God, these are just rubbish storyline titles. I'm just going to get on with this. Eid Begone? No. What's that mean? Eid Bygone. I think I was thinking like Eid Bygum. <laughs> I don't know what this about is about. Eid. About Eid. And it's when the... oh. George Snorwell, though, everybody. That's, that's a good storyline title. Cultural appropriation, say anything to do with Eid. Um, so I guess you want me to take the Daniel bit with this week. So um, he it starts off in the week and he's telling Adam that Nikki's a, uh, appealing. I was going to say Nikki's appalling at school today. Maybe she didn't even get a chance. She's appealing to the school because she was sacked last week because of her previous career options. Um, and not options, her choice of career. I d- she, you know what she did. Anyway, Adam says, look, I can't believe that you're still, um, you know, being mates with her. I can't believe that she's sleeping at your flat. You're just asking for trouble. They have a bit of a moan about Max as well. Um, I can't remember what, where we were up to with Max last week. I'm sure it will become clear as this goes on. Adam says, look, don't worry about Max, Daniel. You need to put things right with Daisy. And um, that, that was kind of the, the what Daniel was going for all week. But she's standing strong all week and um, refusing to... Be um, you know, give in so easily. Good for her. We're still on Team Daisy, Gemma. Yes. So in the lawyer's office later, Adam and Sarah are talking about the Nikki situation, and and Sarah seems to be a bit more lenient on Max than he is at the moment. Um, he he goes later to to see Daisy as well and says, "Look, sorry for oh yeah, that's right, wasn't it? Because he had said." Was this the, was this the end of last week's episode that he had? Yeah, it was the 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 cliffhanger at the end of last Friday. Sorry, everybody, this is just coming back to me. Is that he discovered that Nick Daisy hadn't been the one to reveal to the world um, that Nikki had used to be a sex worker, but it was actually Max that did it. So he goes over to the Rovers to say, "Sorry, Daisy, maybe I shouldn't have been an ass and said that it was you." And she's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to make this easy for you." And he says, "Well, look, can, can I beg?" And she says, "You're whiny enough already." I think that Daisy again been excellent this week. We did um we did a poll, didn't we? About and the, did you yeah you did one about were you team Nikki or team Daisy here? And I think it was like was it like seventy percent team uh, team Daisy seventy five percent team Daisy, which surprises me a little bit. I thought. Do you think that we're supposed to be like that? Obviously, on Team Daisy, or is it just not working? I think for people team tried really hard to make Coronation Street. I think really, really wanted us to be more conflicted about this. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not really. I mean, are you still just as staunchly Daisy as you were before? Um, I really feel bad for not being more on board with Nikki, but she's very abrasive. Yeah, that's a good one. She she absolutely is. She she's she's a, a difficult one to to like and sympathise with. I think. But, um, but and Daisy's just um very charming at the moment and and sultry and stuff. And I I don't know. I just oh, think about her is there? There's, well, she's she's yeah. I don't know what it is. A bit elusive. Why? What, what? Do you, what are you what are you insinuating? She's sexy. 
I hadn't even noticed. Anyway, so he says, look, sorry, let, let me beg and everything. And then he tries to grab her, doesn't he? He's like, what if I, what if I grab you and stop you leaving? And that was, that was a bit of a, a shocking moment. And she's like, no, you can't do that anymore. I'm saying no to this. And she leaves. Did you, uh, what did you think of that little, uh, little moment there? I don't remember it happening. He, he just like, she's trying to get past him and he and he says, no, I'm going to stop. He just like puts his hands around her, the, the tops of her arms and... Um, Headbutt him. I think that, that they're, they're, I don't know what we're supposed to be thinking about Daniel at the moment because generally he's supposed to be a fairly likeable character, but he's very, um, he, he's not making the best choices, is he? He's think, he, he's, you know... He's being a bit like Ken and thinking that he's better than everyone else and he can do what he wants and if he just, in this case, if he begs enough, he'll get it. But um, no, he's being, he's being awful. <laughs> anyway, Daniel and Nikki go get back from school later. She seems pretty down. Looks like this appeal didn't really turn out the way they'd wanted it to. Um, Shona turns up and says, look, I'm, I'm sorry about Max and the fact that he's done this to you and it um, doesn't seem to go down very well because Nikki's like well you know what I've lost my job now thank you very much um apparently so we we were talking last week weren't we about were, were the school right to suspend Nikki over her her career and it was well, it was more the fact I don't know whether it was that or whether it was more the fact that she hadn't um admitted to it on the job um, application, wasn't it? But Nikki was saying here that the school says it um, goes against the school's ethical code or something like that. Um, so I don't, that, in that way, it's kind of saying, well, it, no, it is actually because you were a sex worker and whether you told us or not, um, we, wouldn't have, we, we couldn't have kept you on. What did you think of that? What do you want me to say? What did you think of it? Well, no, I just wonder. I thought you... we discussed at the end. Oh, oh, I just you sorry. I just feel like I'm talking a lot, and you're not. I'm not giving you a chance. Oh, to... I'm not interrupting enough. Well, you can interrupt more if you like. I haven't interrupted at all. I know. Please do interrupt me. No, I don't want to. Oh, fine. Okay, then I'll carry on then. So anyway, um, Maria comes over and she hears about it. She says it's not really fair either. Although she goes and has a massive gossip with Fizz in the pub, doesn't she? There was an awful lot of gossip going on in Coronation Street on Monday, and it felt like proper old school because there was there was Fizz and Maria talking about um, about day about Nikki. Um, who was it that was bitching about Gail in the gardens? Oh, it was Sally and Aggie, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was brilliant. I just, I, I loved all that. Um, and probably Sean getting a bit in as well. Anyway, um, Max is listening into all of this conversation, looking a bit thoughtful. So what's he going to be up to? Later on, Nikki's in Victoria Gardens, um, telling her mum on the phone that she's lost a job and everything. Max comes in and tries to talk to her. And he does look kind of regretful. And I think as the week's going on, we're supposed to be feeling a bit more sorry about Max. Are you feeling any more sorry for Max this week? Uh, when he nearly cut his balls off. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. At, at any point in the week, do you think he? Do you think he deserved it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the she says like. Bugger off, Max. Not having anything to do with you. Uh, and then Daisy comes over and starts to look a little bit sorry for Nikki. She says, look, let's, let's just go for a drink, shall we? Let's let bygones be bygones-y bygone here. 
declined, turned down. So Nikki goes to see Daniel later, who says, look, if you want to come and stay with me, you, you, you still can. The place is still there. So back in the Rovers later, Denny's, da Daisy's having a lovely scene with Jenny and Rita. Nice to see Rita back in it, propping up the bar where she belongs. And um, she says, look, do you think I should forgive Daniel? And then Jenny says, well, look, if you leave it much longer, Nikki's going to be flat on her back in that flat for Daniel. So you need to get in there fast, missus. Daisy goes out the Rovers to go and speak to Daniel, but to her horror, she sees Nikki and him moving all of her stuff into the flat. So, too slow, Daisy. Storms up to him saying, I can't believe you've replaced me already. What's going on here then? Um, storms back to the Rovers again. Later on, he shows up at the Rovers, gets both barrels from Jenny. He tries to say, look, Nikki's on his sofa. We're not sharing a bed or anything. But Jenny says, oh yeah, how long is that going to last then? So he gives up. <laughs> And then Rita does a good line. She's like, oh, you, 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 that Daisy of yours, bet she's hard work though, isn't she? And Jenny's like, mm, yeah, maybe you're right. So later on, um, who's outside the flat? It's the, Nikki, isn't it? And a journalist comes up next to her and she wants to do a piece on her dismissal. And it seems like she basically just wants the dirt on Nikki's past. And uh, Nikki's like, I'll give you a quote, all right. And says to Macy, a kid behind her, cover your ears, which is kind of funny. Uh, inside. Well, the whole point, you're supposed to feel sorry for her because she's being cornered with her kid. Yeah, is that is this the whole reason that Maisie's brought been brought into it just to try and Honestly, get a little, little bit more sympathy for for Nikki? It's still not particularly working, but anyway, so Nikki's absolutely fuming when she goes inside. She's like, "What about when Mum sees this article that they're doing about me and and the family, friends, and the neighbours and everything? They're all going to be mortified." Um, she needs something else to occupy her mind, though. So she says, look, why don't I go and speak to Daisy on your behalf, Daniel, see if I can smooth things over with you, with you and her. So she goes over to the Rovers, tells Daisy that Daniel's utterly mad about her. You need to get back together. He wanted to do something nice for you, but Daisy says, no, nope, not having any of that. Um, and this is when, as Nikki leaves, she overhears Maria and Fizz having a big gossip about her. Um... I can't remember, they're just saying, oh, you know, she's the TA at school, she used to be a sex worker and stuff. Nikki leaves and she, um, uh, sorry, so Nikki sort of leaves the pub. Maria chases after her and says, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, but before they can get into the conversation, she gets a message from her aunt. This article is already in the Gazette. This is going to be her label forever. She's never going to be able to shake it. Everyone's always going to think of me as being a prostitute and Leanne did get a couple of shout outs in Monday's episode didn't she as it ends uh, at the end of the episode so Daniel and David having another bit of a ding dong in the street Max turns up Max seems to think that the comments on the Gazette were kind of funny and David says well look you can't blame kids for sharing the goss around and this is what I was saying last week on the podcast it was really bad but and although they shouldn't it Daniel shouldn't be surprised that if this news comes out in the paper, people are going to be posting it all around. It's only to be expected, unfortunately. But Daniel says, right, no, this is it. I I've had enough about this. I've been keeping the secret that Max spiked Amy's drink long enough. He deserves to get a taste of his own medicine. So we found the fallout of that on Wednesday. Starts off with uh, Amy and Tracy having a bit of time in Rolls Royce for their breakfast, but Amy can't get her head off her phone. And then she, then something happens. She gets a message which sends her in a right huff, and she's, um, she's kind of storms out the, the, the cafe, and we're left to wonder what's going on there. Meanwhile, Max is trying to skive off school, but he says, "Look, I'm not trying to avoid Daniel or anything. I just don't want to go in. I'm, I, I, I don't care what Daniel says." There, there was a confusing bit though. Like, I, I think that maybe. 
was David trying to get him to tell Amy first or something? I don't know. He's, he, he didn't want to do it. So David, he goes off and David tells Shona that he needs to make Daniel see sense and keep quiet about this whole situation. And Shona's like, well, it's going to come out sooner or later. And she's not wrong. So Daniel sees Max going off to school and tells Nikki that he's going to pay for what he's done. <laughs> Terrible teacher. Nikki tells him um, she really needs him to just drop it for her and Macy's sake. You can't have this grudge. It's getting in the way of our, of our friendship and everything. I just don't need this to hang around my neck anymore, actually. So at school, there's this scene where um, Amy's up against the wall and it was that Victoria Lodge place again that we were talking about last week where they filmed it and there's funny weird sound effects going on. And then she kind of just lo- literally out of the blue launches herself at this boy and accuses him of spiking her drink. Um, Brett, he was called. He tries to walk off um, and she chucks a cup of tea over him. So this starts having a bit of a, a Barney with him saying that, look, I wasn't even at the dance. So this this was going back to um, the Valentine's dance, I think, wasn't it? And he's like, I wasn't even there. I was at Sky's party. It's on her Instagram or whatever, so you can check it out. I'm not lying. So um, it, it seems that Amy has been... I, I didn't get this. Amy had been saying that she's been cyber-stalking all the boys at school or something, didn't she? Um, and she's she's just been obsessed over the last few months of who it was that spiked her drink. And I saw some people saying online, and I kind of agreed with this, that we hadn't seen any of, well, not very much anyway, of Amy wondering who it was and the fallout from it. It just felt like the spiking story went a little bit quiet after, after it happened. Did you think that? You're just supposed to assume that she's been stewing on it. Yeah. Was it... Was it the Valentine's one or was it the ice ball? I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, she, she's been stewing on it, but th- th- today it's Brett that gets the, the brunt of her anger about it. And, and he's like, no, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Um, Max says, oh, no, he was only looking at you then because he was shy and he fancied you. Oh, that doesn't go anywhere. But anyway, they go off. Um, and Daniel says to Mac, he kind of comes along. He's, he's been watching and he says, oh, this is our fault that this happened. We need to... We need, we need to end this now so Daniel has a bit of a heart to heart then with David about Amy and he says look she isn't coping we need to do something about this so then there was a really lovely scene in the cafe later where Amy admits to Asher this is where she says that she's been cyber stalking half the boys in the year group for weeks um, what are people going to think about her? But I, about, they got, they're going to think about me, but I really, really need to know who did this. Max comes in and Asher sort of lays into him. Max just wants to know how Amy's doing because he's feeling mega guilty about all this after the, the tea-throwing incident. And she says, look, well, actually, I'm scared. I can barely sleep. I got no self-confidence, all because someone drugged me, wanting to sexually assault me. And whoever it is, they or he is probably laughing at, at me now. And, and then Max says, actually, it was me. Ha, huh, shocker. So he says, look, I wasn't meaning to drug you or anything, but Amy is absolutely livid at this point because, you know, somebody that's been so close to her <laughs> that she's just realised is the one that did it. Have you got any idea, Max, of what it must have been like for me? And he says, look, it was, I meant to be drugging Daniel. I just wanted to punish him. Um, and she, I wanted him to feel helpless. And Amy says, look, you're disgusting. You need to stay away from me. And Max says, no, look, Daniel's really, he's the disgusting one. He, um, he, he knew it was me that did it as well. He's known for weeks. And, and then they kind of throw the pushing down the stairs bit in there as well, which doesn't seem to have had any consequences, has it? The fact that Daniel was accused of pushing him down the stairs. Was this common knowledge before or was this just a big revelation that didn't actually go anywhere? Did you get that? 
it just seemed like he I don't know, did people think he was being dramatic or I don't know, maybe. Like this revelation went completely unnoticed by everybody. I suppose Max had accused Daniel of doing it before and Daniel was just like saying, No, I didn't So maybe to people like Amy it just felt like he was slogging a dead horse. But also it's Flocking. a bit like he went <laughs> Oh, I push I I I drugged you, but listen, it's not about you, it's about me. Yeah, it did come across a little bit like that, didn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. So um, Amy, she kind of storms out of there and then goes and lays into Daniel on the street, basically broadcasting everything to the world that he'd been doing, including Tracy, who just so happened to be there. And she even said, look, well, at least Max is honest. At least he told me the truth, whereas you have been keeping this from me for for weeks so Max goes home tells David and Shona what's happened and they say well you, you've done the right thing there um, let's just hope that she doesn't go to the police so later on and Steve and Tracy are telling Ken what's happened he can't believe it he says look there must have been something that that drove Max to do this um, no sorry that drove and was it is they're talking about the thing that just drove Max to drug her or push Daniel down the Daniel to push Max down the stairs. I don't remember. Tracy and Steve are kind of are feeling a little bit less forgiving on Max, though. And um, Tracy... No, on Daniel, though. And Tracy says, well, tell you what, he's out of the family. So Steve has a go. Everyone's just... I think seem to... If you get the notes sent through to this this week, you'll notice that so-and-so has a go at so-and-so seemed to be a bit of a theme for the week. Everyone was just striding up to each other and having a massive slanger match with them in the middle of the street. Nice and old school. But it's this time it's Steve who has a go at Daniel in the street saying, you need to stay away from my daughter. Later on... Amy's kind of confiding in Jacob, the, her, her little safe place. He's, she's telling him about everything, but says, look, you've got to promise not to do anything to Max or Daniel about this. And he's just like, oh, I just want to protect you. Um, I just wish you told me sooner about everything that you'd been through. Later on, we got Daniel with Ken. He tells him that he should have expected that reaction from Steve, really. Um, Ken can't believe that he would choose to keep things quiet for Max over admitting, or not admitting, telling the truth to his own niece so in front of the tv later max is kind of telling david looks like the mcdonald's are going to be madder at daniel than they are me hooray i win but then oh no there's a knock at the door it's the police they've come to arrest him oh oh max that's they let him out though they did it, it almost felt like that arrest had at least this week pretty much well very few consequences didn't it I was expecting to have, like, you know, the interview scene. or They even talked about uh, going to court, which I suppose would have happened had he not ended up in hospital. But I don't know. It just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of fallout for that. Maybe that's still to come. But there was some great stuff with Max later. You had the, the token silly, seal, silly scene with stupid Gail at the beginning. Sorry, I know that shouldn't be saying that, but she was being ridiculous again at the beginning of the episode. Um, and, and seeming to speak be speaking very slowly, we both said, didn't we? Sounded like I, I felt like I'd accidentally put it in. Yeah. Slow motion. Mo oh, God, God. And she was there with her, you know, doing her Mrs. Mop impression. Silly thing. Anyway, she says, look, people at court are going to be judging you, David, as well. So make sure you dress up smartly, too. Daniel has another go at talking to Amy in the street later, but she don't want to know. He's dead to her as far as she's concerned. And then we get a scene in Trim Up North. For the first time in like two years. I think it was. I don't think, I literally don't it's know whether longer. we've, 
Well, yeah, I don't know whether we've seen in there since um, since COVID times. I suppose it's been a bit less than two years because there may have been some scenes in there in the bits that were filmed before we went on lockdown. But I've, I'm struggling to remember any time that we've actually seen anything filmed in there since then. So, hooray. Well, the only time they, have, they had anything was when Kelly let Stu in there. But he, did he go in? I think we just saw them going through the door, but we didn't see anything in there. So, And, and I don't know whether it... It's a case of it's a small set and they for COVID restrictions and everything or lots of lots of soft surfaces. I, I don't know, but anyway, it was cool to see it back in there. Vin Diesel, the weasel, st- weasel still rocking it out on the uh, on the counter there. But um, so Max is is kind of sitting on the seat and getting absolutely no sympathy for his plight from Maria. He says he just wants to explain to everyone that the spike was meant for Daniel. But David says, look, no, you're not not getting on your social media, you're not texting everyone and telling everyone what's going to happen. We're going to court later. Give me your phone. I'm going to lock it in a safe. And then um, that was kind of the cue for, oh, there's going to be a bit later in the episode where Max needs his phone, maybe. And it did. Um, Because he gets laid into by Adam later in the episode as well for for doing that to Amy. Um, And back at home, Max has a massive fallout with David. He says he hates him. Not my real dad. Classic. Um, David says, well, tell you what, Max, you're a disgrace and I hope you do get sent down in court today. Maybe this is going to teach you a lesson. Your own mother would be ashamed of you. So Max heads off in his grey hoodie. And I thought that was cool because it was the grey hoodie gang. How, how do you think he uh, think he's a, it would be an honourable member of the grey hoodie gang? Easily. Yeah, what a, what a slime ball. What a scrot he is. Um, and he goes to the barber's and breaks the glass on the door, smashes his way in so he can try and go and get his phone. Um, he kind of he goes round to where the safe was that the that Max is, uh, that David's put his phone in, opens the lock a little bit, gets his phone out, and on the way out he um, has a bit of a has a bit of an accident, doesn't he? That that made me wince somewhat. <laughs> I don't know whether I was alone, but as Max was reach, uh, sort of stepping over that spike bit of glass and all the blood was coming out, I was like, yeah, definitely crossing my legs. It felt, um, it was really well done and, and quite gruesome, wasn't it? I don't know why they didn't just go full hog. And what? Well, I was like, oh, he hurt his thigh. Why don't you just slice his balls off? Um, well, I, I did think that this was maybe on the cusp of being a little bit too um, too gruesome for pre well, watershed right already. Near his femoral artery. It was. I did, Could and have died. It, it it made an awful mess. Imagine if he gets sepsis. Yeah, is, is he gonna is he gonna lose his other leg? Because his ja- other leg. No. Oh yeah, he's got two, hasn't he? <laughs> Jack's lost his left leg. No, Jack's lost his right leg. This would have been Max's left leg, and they could have they could have together made a whole one legged person. Tell you what, they can never do. What? legged race no definitely not definitely not anyway so he's there um he's bleeding out on the uh, against the wall next to the trim up north he's kind of going help me help me but Why nobody can hear him a bit further you daft idiot he was you know he didn't oh i'm hurt oh he... oh have you ever had your you're nearly your femoral artery cut you've ever been bleeding out I nearly had my balls cut off. <laughs> I just went for help and they went, you, you don't worry, you're not supposed to have any. And I was like, 
You don't have no idea how relieved I am to hear that. <laughs> anyway, he gets found by um, Simon and Jacob, who've been having their own issues, which we'll get to later. And um, they kind of this is this is a bit of this just plays part of the Jacob redemption storylines. We'll go into that later. But um, they basically they save him. He's very woozy. Jacob's trying to distract him by talking about video games or something, and then ambulance arrives and it's like David's trying to chase the ambulance down the street or, or beat it in a race or something. David, Dave, the, the ambulance is coming down Victoria Street and David's like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to get there first. So they get to uh, they, they get to the hospital. Max is kind of stretched down the corridor and later on, um, David and Shona are told that he's in a pretty bad way. He's in hyperbolemic shock. Um, hyperbolemic? Yeah, so we had diabolemic last week, hyperbolemic this week. What does that mean? Well, it said that his heart is struggling. And I, I, they may have said more than that, but um, he's, he's got shards of glass in his in his leg. They're doing everything oh. they can, but... Um, he's going to die. David was saying, oh, he's going to be okay, isn't he? Um, and they're like, well, we're doing all we can, sir. And so uh, they get back to work on him, and David ends the episode by saying... Oh, sure, no, I wish I hadn't had that argument with Max earlier because what if he what if he dies and he thinks you that I don't love him? have to always bear that in mind. Never have an argument, have an just argument. in case somebody Someone's nearly gets their balls, their balls off. off. Yeah, okay. So, thoughts on this week, Gemma. What did you think? How, what, what do you reckon about Max? What did you think? Even, even just like this last it's bit today. It's a stupid idea to cut your balls off because you might need them later. What for? slapping against your thigh in a kind of merry little uh, rhythm as you run around naked in the house. Oh, Is that what you feathers stuff. do? That's what we, yeah, that's, that's what we do. What else, how else are you supposed to entertain yourself in summer when your balls get sweatily stuck to your leg and you have to jig about to try and this loosen is, this them? This is filth, Gemma. Without I can't believe noticing. it. I can't know what it. you men do. <laughs> you've, you've been on the Ask Men Reddit and subreddit. Yeah, I, watch, I know what they say. I, 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 um, I was quite surprised when this happened today because I, I must admit, I, I had seen a preview picture of Max um, staggering out of Trim Up North uh, but we know there's a bar in there, so it's not that surprising. Well, well, I can't remember. I th- I thought he was either staggering out of trim at North, or maybe it was the tube station or something, because I just kind of fleetingly the saw what? it. The train station, you know, the metro, the tram station. Thank I mean. you. Um, but I thought, oh, is, is he going to get drunk or something, or is <laughs> he going to get whacked over the head or something? So I wasn't quite prepared for the level of bloody terror that was inflicted upon us. And usually, I'm not I'm not at all bad with you know screamish kind of things like this, but this. Was it it's just really because you're a man and you were worried? I don't know. It was just like, oh my gosh. And um, it, it, I thought it, was in, it um, had quite interesting parallels to Kylie's death as well because um, she she uh, met her maker bleeding out all over the street, didn't she? So um, they probably would have gone to the same bit of heaven or something because it's like other categories. Was there a heaven like where you're like, don't mention blood, knives, dabbing, yeah. cobbles, Screaming, David. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So um, yeah, no, I thought I thought I thought it was very well done. It was um, I I just thought it was a bit, almost a bit too bloody to be shamed before nine o'clock. No, I love it more. But I d- more. even more with Max. What do you mean? You know, if we, Max isn't the most popular of characters, is he? No. If you if I you could have seen, I'm just saying, if you could see any character get stabbed through the leg with a sharp bit of glass. Yeah. Can't think of very many people Simon. that. You, yeah. 
Yeah, Simon could have deserved it. Why didn't deserved Max it say, bit. Simon, can you get my phone for me? Yeah, I didn't manage to get it out. Can you just hop in there and get it yourself, please? Because Simon's quite little as well. I don't know whether he'd have got the, 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 the oomph to, to vault that bit it's of glass. It's not about how tall you are, it's about how low your balls drag. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's um, balls on the, the uh, It's laziness, is what it was. Uh, what? Well, because it's like, I, I, I could just um, remove this piece of glass that's just sticking and jutting out right in the centre of the bottom of the window but I'm a lazy bum so I'm just going <laughs> to scooch over it oh no it's it's got me right where it shouldn't have done tell you what if it if um Max hasn't been so recently recast and obviously they kind of want to keep hold of him so I don't actually think he's gonna be in a bad way at all towards the end of the episode tonight I was almost kind of getting the thought of is this going to be like a big surprise twist for the year are they actually going to kill, kill Max? Max. Did you did funny. you get that thought at all? Or were you just like, oh, we'll be fine? I didn't. I think it'll be fine. Because, like, you know, it was this. It was around this time last year. I think, in fact, it might be the anniversary next week, actually, when um, Seb's brutal kicking happened. And it almost feels like it's about time for there to be another massive, undisclosed, Shock. shocking twist. And having Max kill himself, basically, by doing this could have been it. But, yeah, I, I don't think that they, um, you know, they would have recast Max. Not, not. I mean, I don't know whether Harry McDermott, whether he would have been able to carry the storyline as well as Paddy Beaver. But if, if they were going to kill Paddy off, Paddy's, Paddy's Max off at this time, I would have thought that he got a bit shortchanged. Like, yeah, you're welcome, bit... you're in the Platt family, but we're going to kill you off after less than a year. It'd be a bit like what they wanted to do in Lost, where they wanted to have Brad Pitt be the pilot and kill him off. Yeah, exactly, exactly the same, exactly the same. So, um, so Paddy Beaver is, is the Brad Pitt of Coronation Street. He likes to think so, yeah, I think so. I don't know if he, or what he thinks of himself. We haven't had any reaction from Daniel to this, have we? What do you think he's going to do? Ooh. I hope my balls don't get sliced off. Anything more about that other than ball slicing? Um, I'm in no way responsible for this because I didn't lock his phone in a, in a in a drawer. Because um, Nikki was saying, look, you just need to need to drop it about Max, and <laughs> and you think that maybe I don't know is Daniel going to say, well, serves him right. If I was to... Nikki, I'd just say Daniel. The fact you're feuding with a teenage boy and you haven't had a comprehensive victory as of yet makes me think that you're in over your head and you should give up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It, it's, it does sound rather stupid that he just can't let it stupid. drop. He's bigger and older than him and supposedly so more professional. He's... If he doesn't end up losing his job over this, I mean, the fact that Nikki lost hers after a few days and Daniel's still clinging well, on to his. can't afford to lose staff like this, especially not keep... with a big Edinburgh trip coming up. Oh, yeah, what's going on with the Edinburgh trip? We were saying we thought that might even happen this week, didn't we? But I, I was I was a bit surprised that, in a way, that Nikki didn't get her job back. I, I Last week, I hadn't even thought that she would appeal. But when they said, oh, we're going to go and appeal for her, I thought, oh, yeah, she'll probably just get her job back. And then that was a, a useless cliffhanger for the for this week but the fact that she um didn't get it back partly made me think oh, why did they bother going for the appeal then if that didn't make any difference but yeah maybe a little bit of a surprise so is the is the trip just going to be mrs crawshaw and daniel now she wishes she, she does wish we didn't do we see any of her last there this week i don't know that we did um so um yeah just i wonder 
wonder what's going to happen from there. Da- Daniel is just a very, very interesting character at the moment. Do you? How are you feeling about him? Do you like him? Do you support him? Are you finding him interesting despite him being very, very flawed? Um, I don't... I mean, it's all a bit uh, bad, isn't it? For him. Yes, but are you, in, are you finding him interesting to watch? Like, are you... Um, yeah, what, what, what do you think... Do you, are you enjoying the, this story and seeing what he's doing? It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult because the main thing is about Nikki and stuff. I don't know. It just feels like... I feel like Coronation Street sometimes wants you to think that the worst thing about being a sex worker is how people react when they find out. Mm. But obviously that's not that's not the main problem. Before now, Nikki's main problem with it wasn't that, was it? It was... Uh, that she was ashamed and she didn't she wished she'd never done it and she seems to have like PTSD but we've just dumped all that kind of nuance to just have oh the worst thing is the way that people react as though if only people were cool with it then everyone would just be fine with being a sex worker and it'd be a totally normal job yeah yeah okay so there's a lot more to it I don't know yeah definitely I, I'm, I'm just uh, enjoying all the Daniel stuff and I, I also think what that... do you think of Daniel I just think I'm finding him interesting, but he's another character that I I'm like saying, oh, am I supposed to like him? Am I not supposed to like him? And then I'm thinking, well, maybe that doesn't matter. The fact that he's making me not know whether to like him or not, because he's clearly terrible in many ways. But he's also he's also a Barlow. He's also a main character. He's not necessarily being written as a villain. Like a lot of the time, he's like kind of laid back and relaxed and everything. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm very much enjoying the the complexities of it, and I'm definitely enjoying the team Daisy versus Team Nikki stuff. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's it's been a it's been a quite a strong story this week. I also really enjoyed um, the stuff with uh, Amy and Max. I think that um, you know we we've not been we've we've been not too kind about Max and the recast Max and everything on the podcast since it happened but I definitely think that this week was his best week um and that scene where Amy in the cafe was telling Max how she's been feeling and you know wondering who it's been and everything I thought that that was um really fab stuff Elma Vaney is always great and she was she was cool with the scene with um with Jacob as well this week but that particular one I thought was very good to watch. I um, I, there there were lots of moments this week where I was sitting back thinking, yeah, I I, I good scene, good scene. Um, right, Gemma. Apart from getting what saving um Max on the street, what else has Jacob been getting up to this week? Are you ever going to use the pun Jacob's ladder? I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of ways desperately to do it. I mean, I suppose maybe that's the, that's just the title of his redemption storyline yeah. because he's trying to get the ladder out of. Are you going to use cream redre- cracker ever? Maybe I. I don't know. Maybe for Jacob's crackers. Yeah. Nice, nice. On Monday, Jacob's not having much luck in the job hunting department, um, and he's telling Amy and Mary about it. Amy goes to the factory to ask Carla if there's any jobs going for him and Carla. It's not in a very forgiving mood. So Amy has a go at her. Everyone's related to everybody, so... I know, that's the thing at the moment. When it, whenever anybody, like, tries to get a job somewhere or tries to get somebody to do a favour for somebody, it's... If they do it, it's because that they're related in some way. Everybody's got some particular 
familial link for either doing something or not doing something so to help Carla someone. Carla and Amy really, on paper, have nothing to do with each other, but Carla is Peter's wife and Peter is Amy's uncle. Yeah. yeah so she's so... basically Amy's aunt. Yeah. By marriage. But then Carla doesn't want Jacob to work in the factory because he was a bit nasty to Simon, who is... Uh, that's Yeah, that's also Simon's... Yeah, because Simon is... Simon is Peter's Peter's son. son. <laughs> so also her. So maybe they're a bit closer. Yeah. Are they... What's the word for... He's he's her nephew. They're nibblings. I don't know whether there's a phrase, a word for nephew and niece together. But anyway... So, yeah, Amy's, like, just has a go at Carla, doesn't she? Um, what happened to Forgiveness and Redemption? I don't know what programme she's watching. <laughs> Who ever thought that Carla gives a crap about that? Anyway, she's like, Stuffy huffs off, and Carla looks um, like, oh, she stood up to me. What a great... Uh... I like your chutzpah, she says. I like your chutzpah. Yes. Why don't we have a word for that in this, in from, from England? Just Everybody's just... I think we have plucky. I like your balls. Be shame. Yeah, be careful. Be shame if they were sliced off. Just, just cherish them while you have them. <laughs> she sees Amy and Jacob in the factory later, and he's agree- probably, Max is probably like really disappointed that he had his sudden going through puberty later. Because if it had been, you know, the the, the last Max, he probably his balls probably would have been a little bit higher than he would have been. No, no Only risk at all. Me. Only you can tell me this. It's a <laughs> male thing, but I guess you know. Ken's probably just crawl out ahead. Yeah, Ken definitely. To sniff out, is there any danger? <laughs> oh is that God. what happens? I, that's not a mental picture I want to dwell on for too long, to be honest. <laughs> is that what? Is that a superpower that old men have? They can send out their no. balls on a recce? <laughs> no? Don't think you so. let me know later. We'll have a chat. Um, Carla sees Amy I'm and Jake. an old man. Well, you probably know more about it. Did you not dad ever take your, dad not take you aside and say... If you, you know, if they ever detach, they will come back. They're just going out for a walk. This is foul, disgusting stuff. Um, Carla sees Amy and Jacob in the factory later and she says, let's do a trial period. Hurrah. God, I wish I had a trial period. I'd say, no, thank you, none of them anymore. (laughs) Wednesday, Toya is not happy to see Jacob in the office because Jacob was mean to Simon Simon is Leanne's adopted sort of son and Toya and Leanne are not related, but they're also sisters. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be mad if I was in that situation I'd be like, too, oh. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he was cool because he was just like sitting there with his feet up, wasn't he, in the office. And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? He had to write it on his, on his jumper and I never worked out what it said. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't remember. She has a go at Carla. Can't believe that she's, he's give, she's given him a job. And Carla's like, nobody does anything in this factory, so anyone can have a job here. <laughs> um, Toya says he's a drug dealer, and do Leanne and Simon know about this? And Carla says, tough, I don't care, it's, it's my call, I decide. Um, and also, there's some kind of comments so at some point about how his skills at being a drug dealer will help him. Oh yeah, he's packaging with dispatch or something, she says, doesn't she? I suppose the customers will be like, why are my pants rolled up and hidden <laughs> inside this pineapple? 
Yeah, and um, and if they order them, he has to go and bury them under the under the allotment in Victoria Gardens. Secret they, drop off. He's point. on the phone trying to sell pants in grams. <laughs> so, um, Carla takes Simon and and Chris Gascoigne, you friend. I've written Chris Gascoigne because in that particular scene. Oh, and we commented on this when we were watching it. It didn't look like Peter Barlow. It literally looked that Chris, like Chris Barlow had dropped Chris up to film Chris Gascoigne had dropped up to film him one day. Didn't have time to go into makeup or costume or anything. Just wandered on set, didn't it? Yeah, and he was even sit. He was even sitting like. And I know I haven't seen Chris Gascoigne as himself very much, but he really did look like a bit like he was just chilling out, doing a bit of a run through. Yeah, because he had the little met the clipboard with the menu on, didn't it? That might yeah. as well have been his script. It's because he had like, his, glasses his glasses on and everything. And he was like sitting with his ankle on his on his knee, wasn't he? Like chilled out. Yeah. Like proper, proper chilled. Because you've seen a little bit of Chris Gascoigne in, um, well, even like that Ken documentary last quite, week. He looks like a cool dude. Yeah. Whereas, He's looking far I too cool than, than Peter um, should be in this scene, is what I'm saying. So, um, Carla takes them out to, and he, she breaks the news about Jacob and Simon's fuming and Carla's trying to t- defend herself but nobody's really listening. Amy really, really needs some more money because... They're living in a dodgy bed set. Also, J- Jacob keeps buying biscuits and burying them in the garden because <laughs> he thinks they're going to grow into a tree. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Well, also, biscuits aren't that expensive, are they? No. I'm always surprised at how cheap biscuits are, and I always wonder why we don't eat them mm. more. But it's because they are so cheap. It's dangerous. You yeah. can easily eat a packet of biscuits and not even break a pound coin. <laughs> yeah, Carla's telling Peter that Amy really, really needs money to live, so this is why I gave Jacob a job in the factory to try and help our kind of relation here Simon's out. storming off, and Peter's like... This isn't a good idea, Carla. So she gets left alone in the bistro. Then we have a bit of Kelly, don't we? She oh, yeah, finds... that was an odd little scene there. She finds Simon moping in the gardens and he tells her what's happened. He's not... Um... She's like, look, just forgive everybody. Who cares? Yeah, she's, and she he gets seems annoyed. To have... Well, she talks about the fact that when um, she was living on the streets and somebody tried to sell her drugs, Jacob came and chased him away. So she's like, yeah, he's, he's quite cool, actually. So Simon's like, does everybody think that Jacob is brilliant? Yes, Simon. Yes, they do. I, I mean, think. compared to whom? You? Yes. I think if we were to do a Twitter Fact poll between pick. who's your favourite character right now, Simon or Jacob, I, I mean, think we all know who'd win here, wouldn't we, Simon? Simon, if I had a bit, bit of glass and I had to slice someone up and it was between you and Jacob. What his, about what if it was goodbye. what if it was Max and uh, Simon though? Well, that would be difficult, wouldn't it? <laughs> Simon goes to the factory and tells everyone Jacob is a drug dealer and a violent one at that and took advantage of his mum when he was grieving Oliver. And when you actually think about what Jacob really did do to Leanne, he was an absolute arsehole. He was horrible. I know. He really, really was the worst. I wonder whether the Curry writers kind of wish they hadn't made him quite so quite, evil yeah because he a lot of the time we, we enjoyed him last year and I don't think he was like proper nasty a lot of the time he was, he was more cheeky chappy sort of guy wasn't he but he sometimes said uh, unkind things like that and well, now who hasn't said unkind things and, and about, now yeah. Simon is using that as um, ammunition against him but... well yeah I would I wouldn't be happy about it <laughs> so um, he leaves everybody is just oh my goodness can't believe it even Dirk even Dirk. Oh yeah, is Dirk. Kind of, he he does. He he just kind of gives him a look and then gets back on with this clothes hanger rearranging or whatever it is that he does. Jacob tries to apologise, but nobody's having it. 
later on, he goes and bring, brings everyone cakes and he puts them on the table and he tries to get everyone to eat them. And that's and the surefire like, way to get people's hearts in the factory, isn't it? Cake symbolically, I'm not going to eat your cream horn. No. And then he does a speech about turning his life around or something, like he's trying to pitch for The Apprentice. And everybody kind of, like, starts to be won over a little bit and Kirk eats his Claire. Yeah, something like... I think Sean gives Kirk a bit of a look for for falling for Jacob's speech, I think he would say. But, yeah, so he seems to be um, winning the rounds a little bit. Carla congratulates Jacob for doing a good job as they leave the factory... And even he even doesn't he even do a little like walk out of the factory, turn around, look at it like, yeah, I'm finally making an honest yeah, bloke out of myself. <laughs> He's um, like, I finally got a job in the factory. I'm finally one of the Corrie <laughs> characters. Simon's waiting for him, and he starts snarling about the time that he was Jacob was playing Wheels on the Bus or singing Wheels on the Bus to Leanne. Simon's obsessed with this. I would be so upset. Is there, is there anything else that Jacob's done wrong, Simon, or is it just this one thing? He sang the wheels on the bus, and he's going to wait. He says, "I'm going to wait for you to slip up," and then he, um, he like, sh- you know, bashes into him his shoulder and st- storms off. And I, d- I, I think don't think hard. anybody in the country was intimidated by this. What about by Simon's tiny garden fork in tonight's episode? That did that have you quaking in your boots? Um, no. I just, I, he's one of these people where he's so annoying, you just feel like you want to screw him into a ball and drop kick him into the canal or something. You know but what I, I mean? I think he was doing a really good job of being annoying because I, I, he, he he's couldn't just so possibly, unaware. he was in no way came across as intimidating. I know, but but I, don't I don't think, think he was he playing them it. as comedy intimidating. But the fact that, but then when they had in tonight's episode the scenes where Jacob was clearly making fun of him, so been on the phone pretending to be talking to his dealer. That was hilarious because it was let's all laugh at Simon, isn't he? Simon's a dense idiot. Isn't he useless? Poor old Simon. Uh, he has another go on Friday at Jacob in the street, and Jacob pretends to he like you just said he's pretending he's got a drugs drop at Victoria Gardens, and Simon's listening. So um, Simon confronts him, and I said, "I'm going to dig up your stash and." It's just a, this, a packet of custard creams. This was well played on both parts there. I, just, but, I mean, I was mostly just watching Jack James Ryan for his little little grins and things when Simon was like, I know your game. And, and the fact that he was playing along with it, it was, I, I just found it absolutely hilarious. I think the writers know that a lot of people don't particularly like Simon that much and making him look like a donut by getting him to believe that Jacob actually was doing a drugs drop here was... Um, Good move. I enjoyed that immensely. I think it was risky because if he had pierced that that packet with his fork, there would have been inedible. Yeah, that's true. And those <laughs> are custard creams as well. Those are good biscuits. That, that is a quality biscuit, a custard cream. Yeah, if only they did grow into if a custard cream like tree like Jacob suggested. Those multi ones, you know what I mean? Those weird multi ones. Yeah. Just have them, just screw them, <laughs> just throw them. Maybe they'd be good compost. Or... um. These figgy ones. I'll just let them roll. Uh, Jacob tries to make bygones be bygones. Simon's not laying up. Then there's the Max drama. Yes. We all know what happened there. I kind of didn't talk about it too much there. So while Max is bleeding out on the ground, 
it's a bit of a good Samaritan situation, isn't there? And Jacob's saying, look, we need to go and help him. He looks in a really bad way. Simon's like, he's fine. And, like, he clearly wasn't fine. He had blood all over his hands. And um, later, Simon has a bit of a revelation about himself, doesn't he? Like, maybe I am a nasty git. But um, yeah, Jacob goes over and does some first aid and he's and he's like, Max, let me help you. Let me tie this around your leg and everything. And Max's like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a jolly good chap, was Jacob. He's just wants him by the Feel Good Samaritan Award. He does. Jacob tells Simon that revenge is overrated, but then he urges himself not to beat himself up. And Simon's saying, oh, my family would be ashamed of him. I mean, what now? <laughs> he said if Max had died or if they had known that I was willing to la- let Max um, bleed to death Sorry, maybe Simon. they wouldn't be that proud of no, me no they would just sigh and go sounds like the sort of thing you'd do Simon <laughs> so they go to the Rovers then don't they Jacob and, uh, and Simon Jacob tells Simon that he should he, he did a first aid course oh, he says, you know what nobody on this street ever does anything good for anybody without having a bloody backstory as to why they did it we got Daisy going oh I I know you shouldn't swallow batteries because my my uh, my, my brother, brother died in a swimming pool <laughs> and now you've got Jacob saying I did the first aid course because my best friend got stabbed and he died I mean do you need to do a first aid course to I mean what happened did everyone just go, oh, walk it off? And now Jacob went to a first aid course and they were like, no, when you get stabbed, you die. And he's like, yes, I wondered what happened. <laughs> You're right. I should have done something about it. I thought that this, we jest, but I thought this is a really well done scene. J- Jacob, I think this is like his best ever episode today. And I've been singing his praises for the past year anyway. But I think a lot of what he did in tonight's episode was some of his best work. The custard cream tree. And then this scene as well, where he was kind of very open and, and um, that was letting his enemy Simon in on a, a very um, harrowing part of his past. I, I just thought that he played it really, really well. And um, is, is certainly lending more weight to his redemption to the, for, for everybody, really. Well, he says, Harvey recruited me about that time. Um, and he says, when he recruits you, you're his property and you've got no choice. But then when he got sent down, I took the opportunity to, to escape and I'm free of that life now. Are we all forgetting that he was a little mini drug dealer for that bit? He didn't have any choice, Gemma. Harvey made him. No, Harvey was in prison when Kelly was on the streets. Oh, yeah. And Jacob was like, oh, do a bit of drugs. No, no, no. You're not allowed <laughs> any drugs. Only naughty people allow drugs. That, yeah, he was I'm just a weaning himself dealer. off drug dealing. Then. I'm a drug dealer for justice, so I only give it to criminals. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Um... <sighs> he escaped. That's nice. Amy finds out what happened and when she discovers Simon and Jacob are sharing a drink and it looks like they're all friends. Hooray! Did you enjoy Jacob this week? Yes. Thought of Thoughts about him working in the factory? Oh, everyone works there. I, just, uh... I suppose that... It's, it's somewhere, isn't it? If they're going to have him work somewhere, why not that? I did think that Carla was maybe... A bit too quick it would have to made employ sense. him. Wouldn't it have made more sense if Sarah had done it? Because she's such an idiot. Well, so, I don't know. I'm losing. I'm losing track of who's <laughs> mad at who at the moment. But 
maybe I, I don't know but any case it was it was I, I liked seeing him do his little speech I think that I mean his redemption just seems to be working and feeling a lot more authentic than Kelly's don't you think well it feels like we're being almost like forced to to sing Kelly's praises and say look she's not the same person that she once was before and look at all this horrible drama that she's going through and 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 I don't know, with Jacob it's just coming across as a lot more natural. And it's not like, you know, we've, Millie's a, a, a fantastic actress, but I think that the the, the natural charms of, um, the, of, of Jacob is just making me want to forget his past a lot more easily. Well, I want to per- point out a more obvious um, comparison as far as redemption goes, and that's between him and Nicky. Mm-hmm. Because Nikki, you know, it, it, the the technical legal definite term is prostitution, and it's illegal in the, uh, in this country. I think certain aspects of it certainly are illegal. Mm. Um, not everything about it is illegal. It's one of those weird things where certain bits are on, certain bits aren't. But um, she is certainly um, not. I would say has not. Uh, lived a sinful a life as as he has you know she's hurt nobody really um, except herself <laughs> um she is yeah a, um jacob was a drug dealer and we all know exactly what kind of things that leads to and how much misery that's caused we've seen it firsthand in the show um, the worst thing that Nikki's ever done is make people a bit confused about whether they really like her or not. <laughs> and um, she's getting absolutely no sympathy from anybody anywhere. I bet really. Nikki's been responsible for the breakup of a few marriages, though. I know, but you see what I mean? Like they're yeah. both they've both indulged in criminal activity, but um, one of them isn't you know is getting her name smeared through the papers and getting fired and the other one's being given a job and burying biscuits in the garden and everyone thinks he's a jolly good chap mm. um, and it just feels like it's you know it's the double standard of of being punished for something when you're a woman you get you know I just I just think it's the the natural personalities of the characters I honestly think I if whether... I was going to hang out with either of them and neither of them had done anything wrong. I'd rather hang out with, with Jacob. I mean, even yeah. if they, even given what they are and what their past are, I just think Nikki's just really, really, like I said, abrasive. Yeah, no, I but agree. But she's she's being defensive because she's being attacked and she knows what people think of her. Whereas I think that you know, honestly, isn't it tragic though the the world that we live in where there's less stigma about being a drug dealer than there is about being. Mm. An escort. Yeah, that's the thing. With both Kelly and Nikki, they they made sure that the writers were showing everybody, what a, a, you know, a good chunk of characters, like shouting at them in the street, or you know, being in the papers about it, or like, look, everybody's mistreating them because of what they've done, and it's well, not happening had, in quite the same way for Jacob happened. Jacob's not getting quite as much but it's the it's the also a... I just want to point out there's also different societal expectations for men and women and when a woman does something wrong it's somehow worse because everybody expects her to be nice and lovely whereas a man has a bit more leeway to be a scallywag because you know being nice is not necessarily 
a, a personality trait that people expect or want from men. There was that. I suppose he did have everybody blanking him at the factory, and that's his little issue well, that not had... everybody thinks he's the best thing since Well, he's also bread. had Steve and Tracy, you know, Steve chatting at him in the street and stuff, mm. and also Leanne confronting him, etc. But it doesn't feel... I think also it feels like it feels like Nikki's just given up, and so did so did um so did Kelly a little bit. Like, yeah, I am terrible. I am awful. Yeah, Whereas and then Jacob's just went and, like, we I seen... refuse to be defined by this thing that I've done. I'm better than that, and I want to prove it to everybody. Whereas those, I think also there's a bit of self-flagellation that we expect of women when they've done something wrong. They have to really, really suffer. Go and have and a good they old have cry to about feel it. Feel bad about themselves, and they have to acknowledge that they've been terrible. And um, then then we might just think about maybe letting them redeem them themselves by cooking our tea for us but i think it's proven in the case of yeah it's both kelly and nikki that that kind of redemption doesn't particularly work for the character because i no i've forgiven everybody for everything it's it's been a lot more difficult to forgive that these particular two characters <laughs> just because it feels like the, the writers are saying look how tragic their lives have been please forgive them and they're just going down a different route with Jacob and, and letting his personality shine through and... but we also feel sorrier for women than we do for men there's so much sexism this is why and I'm sorry to bring it back again uh, this is why I, I don't agree with separating out the sexes for soap awards because different characters will elicit different responses from people depending on what sex they are and that's just how humans are and we can't pretend it's not true mm. you can say it's rubbish and it's not fair and we should try to stop ourselves from doing it but pretending it doesn't happen is not the way to do it yeah yeah okay so um let's move on to the habibli ever after storyline no. now i think no. you, are, you, are you struggling with this one no what what story the, uh, the I don't recall story. I don't remember them being. Oh, there. it was lovely, but it was also really, really difficult. It's the monkey's paw. This story is the monkey's paw story. I know, like, it, like, like we said before, it clearly can't work out happily ever after for them. But they're <laughs> really doing their best to make it look like it is. And uh, oh, I'm kind of watching what? it halfway, going, "Oh, this is so lovely. This is this is all I've, all I've wanted for these two. And then, uh, but then the little voice in my head is saying, "No, it's not going to work. So it's going to stop it from working." Well, listen, you don't need to be a, have a crystal ball or be looking in soap magazines for spoilers to see that there's something going to happen by the very fact at the end of the episode we we had a perfect soap magazine um, clip show still of Abby looking annoyed and perplexed as in the background Imran and Toya hug like everything is gonna be perfect I think um we can definitely drop the notion that Toya is um having Imran on and playing the long I game I told here, you guys though. you did you, you didn't believe it did you I, I thought it could it have happened she could have been conspiring it to... doesn't make any to get the baby off of him around the runaway like, with it but no it was like the equivalent of going i'm gonna poo in the ice cream and then i'm gonna eat it and everyone else is gonna not know there's poo in it but i will like okay why 
<laughs> but yeah, she, uh, she definitely feels all loved up this week. Oh, I could believe it when she's going, oh, Alf- what's she? Uh, some- Alfie Boo or something. Alfie, Alfie Boo, like, Poo. just stop it. I don't know. Just stop it. Too cute. So let, we'll, we'll chat a bit more about it in a minute. Let's remind it. This is what happened what to happened. me. Right, I have to say what? that there was a very vivid moment in my life when I realised that the universe would not ever let me be happy and I've accepted it now. And I can tell you exactly when this was. I was a teenage girl and I was walking along in on the Isle of Wight, which is where my family is from, some of my family, and I was walking along the seafront and I was absolutely chuffed with myself and I find, like, I, you know, what it's like to be a teenage girl. You feel really insecure, you're worried all the time about what you look like or whether the boys are going to like you and whether you're going to do good in school. And for once in my life, I was actually happy with myself. And I was walking down the road and in my head I was singing Banana Rama's Venus. She's got it. Yeah, baby, she's... And the sun was shining, the breeze was blowing, the seagulls were chirping, whatever they did. <laughs> chirping seagulls. And I was walking along. Tweeting away. And it was in the middle of summer and a car drove by me, by next to me, and somehow there was a massive puddle and they drove straight through this puddle and the water went so high, it was o- went over my head and then dumped a load of dirty water all over me. And I was about 20 minutes walk home from my house, from my uncle's house. So I had to walk home drenched in dirty water with my hair just covered in mud, thinking, well, there you go. That's what happens when you ever think anything nice about yourself. So I don't I feel, know this story about you. I don't think I've heard this one before. I feel absolutely like Toya is just tempting the universe to dump a bunch of dirty water on herself Aww. next week. And oh. I, I feel totally bad for her because I was that person. Yeah, but but this is what I've learned. If you'd have reacted never... in a different way, you could have you could have turned into you know had a Kevin and Sally out of this because that's how it started with those, wasn't it? Kevin splashing her in his van. If I know you'd it... gone up to the van and he could have been the man of your drink. It could have been me. The water literally went all like over my head. It was that bad, and it was so <laughs> cold. It literally, you know, when you get shocked with cold water, mm. I couldn't breathe for a second. Yeah, and I was like. Yes, this is my so, life. So, let's see what's led up to that situation for Toya this week then. So, um, Toya goes into the bistro and says... Wednesday. To, Wednesday, and says to Leanne, it looks like Alfie's going to be discharged next week because he's been in the... Um, what is it, the neonatal unit? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, with the, all the drama that he's been going through at such a young age. And um, they've scheduled a date for the custody hearing, so it's before long. Imagine being Alfie a... is going to be ours forever. Imagine if you are a baby and you had you were in the psych ward for being... <laughs> Mentally ill already. That would they should just put them in therapy from birth on coronation street. They should. The, the Weatherfield wing should have that absolutely. Definitely. Um, so Leanne's like, hmm, you're going. Alfie's going to be yours forever. I'm going to not say anything at the moment, but you just wait, Toya. So um, they go off shopping because this wedding just seems to have been come out of nowhere, hasn't it? They're I, getting married tomorrow. They have. Yeah, they were saying today they're getting married tomorrow. So. We are to believe then that Monday is going to be in Ran and Toya's wedding. And although that I know that they agreed recently that they were going to get married, but I, I think I must have just missed the line if there ever was one. Let's get married really, really quickly. Because I kind of assumed that we were talking like months down the line here. 
But no, they're off shopping on Wednesday. They're gone. They come back laden with bags. Toya's got a wedding dress, which we still haven't seen yet. But Gemma, I expect you're quite looking forward to this because I know I, you like a good wedding dress. I feel like oh, like again. I know. I know. No, I don't know. No, <laughs> do I want to see this? No, I don't know. Do I? Yes. No, I don't know. <laughs> so, what does um, it look like? What's it going to look like? What do you think? Oh, because Toya's never been married before. She's, she, I think she's one of the few <sighs> Corrie ladies Can that hasn't put up? on a wedding dress. I before. can't believe this. <laughs> so they sit down. Leanne what says, did I do wrong? Look. I just why, if I, why do I deserve this? <laughs> Leanne says, I just think you may be going a bit too fast here, uh, as what? I was saying. She says you got tunnel vision, just like you did with Susie. You're just getting obsessed with something, and it's uh, baby-related again. Yeah. Um, this is like that time with the hamster, do you remember, when you hugged it to death? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and 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 uh, Toya is not happy with this. She says, "Look, I have chosen to forgive him round for what he's done. This is our chance to be a proper family. Oh, it is Toya. everything I've always ever wanted." Yes. And the Le- Leanne says, "Look, this baby is not going to save your relationship. He's a bad egg. He went off and had it off with Abby. The baby's not a bad egg. He's already hatched. He's a fine egg." <laughs> Imran went off, had it off with Abby. He will do it again. And Toya's like, well, if you feel like that, then you're welcome to my wedding then. Yeah. You're not welcome. Not welcome to my wedding. I, I, I do get a little bit Oops. weary of Toya and Leanne falling out quite so often, but I That's did enjoy... That's because you haven't got that relationship I with I enjoyed their making up today anyway. So you have anyway, to be proper close to someone to keep falling out with them. Um, to, it's the Hindu on Friday. Leanne's not invited, but they still decide to have <laughs> it at the Beaster anyway, just to rub her nose in what it. What a bitchy move! I love it. Um, so <laughs> well, we're not, you're not invited, but you can you can wait on us. I loved Toya's outfit this she evening. Looks, she looked like a sexy alien. What? <laughs> she was wearing all silver. Wasn't oh she? yeah, it was a bit spacey. Like she was a bit two thousand and one, wasn't it? It was very. It was very. Yeah. It what looked... was she doing in two thousand and one? Um. Getting raped by Phil Simmons, maybe. Oh, okay. What the hell, Michael? <laughs> um, no, I just thought that um, I just thought oh, she looked awesome, and 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 they it made like they Austin made a massive pa- thing about it. It was Austin Powers. It was Austin Powers it? meets Lost in Space. Yes, and Lost the- in Austin. Um, and uh, that she's like saying, "Oh, I need to wear a cardigan." There, there were a few jokes this. today about to Toya's wardrobe, pocket. weren't like, there? Oh yeah, making fun of her. But uh, sleeves. But the sleeves. thing is, when she was younger, she didn't go around with these Victorian lacy dresses on and blouses. But she had did quite she? modest outfits. She, she, there's a mixture. There's a mixture. I just thought it was really, really lovely to see them let they they allowed Toya the chance to let her hair down today to show that she's not just kind of some stuffy veggie lasagna eater all her life. I thought it was great. It was really, really I know, lovely. I did as well. I was so, so happy with these scenes. Why are they doing um, this? And, and then Imran um, has got his stag do later today. Ch- um, Adam comes round with the costumes, but they put children's size. That was a bit stupid, to be honest. But because um, I was a bit, I, I would have quite enjoyed seeing what they would have made um, Imran dress up as for for his costume. Maybe but he was alas, like, "I'm not going to do it." Didn't get the chance of that. Um, but I tell you what, he was showing a bit of chest today, wasn't he, Imran? I think not dressing. Ward- he was dressing down. The wardrobe department was like, "Right, take the buttons off. He's not having any buttons. We need to. We need to make sure the ladies get there." Money's worth, and the men. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, but anyway, I'm sure there were plenty of people across the country who appreciated. <laughs> I think there probably were. That I think there were. Anyway, um, so they're all going off to their their, their things today. Um, 
uh, Toya can't decide whether to contact Leanne or not. And uh, contact she, her. Yeah, she's got her phone out and she she sees Leanne. She's there though, isn't she? No, no, no. This is this is at the um this is at the flat still. And she's, oh. and she's looking at oh, her sorry. phone and, and sees Leanne and goes, oh, shall I ring her? No, no I won't. I'm going to extend the drama for a little bit longer. So Imran tries to go to make peace with Leanne. Um, he tries to say, look, just go and make up with your sister. We don't want any drama between you, please. And she's not having any of it. She says, the only reason you're marrying her is because it's convenient for you. You want to look good in court. You want to be a happy family just so you can bring Alfie home. Not having it. I don't think that you actually should be getting married here. And he says, actually, I love Toya. Please don't throw away your relationship with your sister as well, because I know you love her too. Leanne just wants to have all the weddings, not let Toya have one. I know. <laughs> so, Hendu starts. And we get to see a bit more of the Hendu than the stag do, I'm going to who say. Who would you invite if you were... Who's Toya's best friends? Well, I was waiting to would see... Would you ever guess it was Sean Faye and Sarah Louise? That It was a pretty sorry party, to be honest, wasn't it? Like, I mean... I mean, I was free. It was just... A couple of people I that she's watching them. Couple so of people just... that she goes to work with. One of her bosses, the bitchy seamstress Sean, <laughs> and Faye, who does I don't know what. It and is I hate a bit to say rubbish. this. I honestly do think that Toy is a sort of middle class person who invited Sean because he's gay. <laughs> do you think? You reckon? She's like, I had a gay man at my head, do. <laughs> like, right, I'm going to write to the Guardian. Was, like, did they, did they just pick, they, like, they could have picked Beth from the factory, but this is the thing that she, she, I would have liked to have seen Fizz or Maria turn up, maybe. Because well, I don't know what their status is at the moment, but they have been actual friends and not colleagues, because Toy's only worked at the factory a few years. Are we to believe that, you know, in the other. 38 years of her life she hasn't been able to make any other friends well, that she would be inviting along to her hen do it was just a bit sad really I felt, felt home, bad so. for her but they were, it doesn't matter because they were having a lovely old time and they even convinced her to take her cardigan off so and she's like oh my my sequins have fallen off and my dress is going to be bald so funny and and throughout all of this Leanne is glaring on from behind the bar at she's the jealous. Bistro. she wants to join in she's, yeah she does so she, she kind of comes over and apologises to Toya and she accepts and then she says look Leanne tells her that Toya that Imran came round and tried to apologise and say he changed earlier and says look he has he's absolutely he's changed. changed he's changed he's got a different never top never do it again and Leanne agrees to come to the wedding Aww. but she says if Imran mucks you about again I'm going to swing for him and Toya's like yeah me too I thought that was I love fantastic. that that was nice, proper cute nice bit of Battersby spunk and there I- Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I have to say, Toya looked really beautiful today. She looked... Wow, you, so wait, you wait until Monday. You wait. Oh, what do you mean? Well, do I mean, know? I said, oh, she, you... she's, she's got the wedding, hasn't she? They get, she the, oh, the, she's going to be so beautiful as a bride. The, the, the Hindu was just the hors d'oeuvre. You've got the main course coming up next week. So um, we then get to see a little bit of the uh, the, the stag do scenes. They're in Speed Dial, aren't they? And um, so that's Imran, Adam and... Craig for some reason. But Craig, but the th- like it does make a tiny bit of sense because Imran supposedly used to go jogging oh, with Craig. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? That so he Oh and, and Craig lived with them for a bit, didn't he? Jogging friend. Yeah, that's right. It is rude. But so did Ryan. Room. Where was Ryan at your head as Dagger? It's just so sad that neither Maybe of these characters had Ryan even five people on their doesn't party. Doesn't believe in the the institution of marriage. Maybe, maybe you're right. Sorry, maybe he's Ali. taking a stand. Hmm. Maybe he's super religious and he's like, if you're not getting married in the church, which I assume they're not, I'm not coming. Hmm. 
I did enjoy the uh, the little bit today when the little um, exchange between Zidane and Imran about going to morning prayers or something, and Imran was like, "Oh, sorry, I can't." But Imran's I thought like, that, that was a nice yes, nod to the fact prayers. that that he's uh, that he's Muslim. I know. I think we'd all forgot forgotten that he used to take his faith a bit more seriously. Yeah, yeah, because we had that scene after Rana died, and yeah. they went to the mosque, and he was there, and he all his uh, his outfit wasn't he? his his regalia. Uh, anyway, um, Abby kind of shows up. How coincidentally, because she's she ordered a takeaway, and then um, she also gets a phone call from Elliot to say that the money's dried up, and this is what we, you were talking about recently, isn't yeah. it? Because Imran had been bankrolling um, her defence for all this time, and now obviously they are well, not I on the same side anymore. To, to slap me. So yeah, Elliot phones up and says, "Sorry, I can't, I can't help you anymore." And then just to make things worse, she overhears Adam and Imran and Craig toasting baby Alfie, and Imran saying, "Oh, he's going to be." Come home with us. He's just totally rubbing it in her face without realizing. So he didn't know he she was know there, she was but there. it really was on the nose. He's like, he really, really if, was. If it, the only way it could have been worse is what? if he had said, "And screw that old bag, Abby. What a stupid." runt she is it, it was he might as well have been saying you know nothing could possibly go wrong this is going to be the best wedding ever and everybody best toast child for to fostering. no more secrets yeah basically basically Although I don't so, think they do, abby they? strides over to him and uh, says i can't believe how smug you're being alfie is just as much mine as he is you yours you really actually. can't believe that because i can what how <laughs> smug he's being i can totally believe it <laughs> yeah so basically it's on so oh, the fight I, I can't wait to see how that's gonna look um next week but this but... bit was sweet michael what happens now well imran gets a text from toya why are they so cute i i thought that he was going off to do something sneaky to be honest because he says oh i'm just gotta go and have a word with the with missus. the missus or whatever and i oh, thought he was actually michael the missus i thought it was ben maybe that had found finally some <laughs> evidence against Abby or I've planted something but no it actually was Toya who's um, swinging off the red bank steps out isn't she she's a bit sozzled a little bit tipsy um, and she's like she tells him to do a little dance to make her happy and he does do a little dance and they have a snog and Abby's glaring on but it was absolutely adorable and lovely and wonderful and cute and I enjoyed that scene an awful awful do you think they really will get married because again like with pregnancy on Coronation Street just because you plan a wedding doesn't mean no no it doesn't mean and even if you go to to the wedding fully intending to get married still doesn't mean that you're actually going to get married I I honestly have no idea (sighs) I think if you Something, but the thing is, if something happens, right, they both want to get married. I don't think that either of them are going to chicken out. I just can't see it because Leanne's on board now. If Leanne had changed her mind and said, Toya, I'm not going to support you, mm. then it would be different. But they both want to get married. I just can't see how they would change their minds. So it means something so, something and else. It, like the, oh Does Imran have any more secrets be... from Toya anymore? Is there no, anything that, so. that can be revealed to her that would make her say, calling the wedding off? No, I don't think so. The only thing I think is like maybe Abby, Abby will like go in and like try and stop the ceremony or something. Yeah, could she do something that would mean that Imran would have to rush off? Like, or maybe she's like, or maybe oh, maybe something happens to Alfie. Maybe what? Well, maybe Abby like, makes something happen. To... Oh no, she wouldn't do that, would she? She is evil. Just inject a bit of uh, air into his veins or something. Or I don't know. Or just just say he's sick. Maybe. Or just unhook something so it makes a noise. But I don't know whether that would work because wouldn't Imran and Toy just I mean. go running off this to him and then say, no, it's fine, let's get That's married That's what later. I'm trying to say. That's what I was trying to get to. Like, the only... Even if they didn't get married 
on Monday, there's, I don't think there's much to stop them from getting married. So I'm going to say, yes, they're going to get married. <laughs> I'm oh, going to say... A year ago, I'd be so happy, but I just got so, so, so mixed feelings with this just because it feels like it's going to be a moment of happiness and then something's yep. got to go wrong because yep. just the way that this is looking... Is, this is their... It can't work. It's it's so horrible. This is their lovely. Venus on a mountaintop moment. What's that? Where you get covered in dirty water from a car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You think you're on top of the world. You're not. That scene at the end was so lovely. And I'm really, really looking forward to whatever form this wedding takes. They were the cutest. That was the money. Hope... That was, I know I'm biased and we're both biased. And I really cannot see this objectively. I, I It's 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 difficult. But so. that was one of the cutest couple moments, surely. Yeah, they came across as being uh, properly, like, properly besotted with each other. Bloody they hell. They both played it really, really well. Hate it. Oh, it's mate, it's man. torture. It's like it it's is torture. very torturous. It's like somebody's getting me a pet dog and then they shoot it in front of my head. And I also, face. I still love Abby as well, and I don't like seeing her, you know, having this rubbed in her uh, face. She's got this. Is this could be the balance though? Because we've been saying, oh, it's kind of getting a bit obnoxious. The fact that Toya and Imran are being stitched up a little bit here to become proper villainous and Abby's the like oh I'm so yeah I'm that's just... true so if she does something to screw this wedding up or tries to ruin it that's the balance then of us going actually everybody's awful in this storyline and I don't know who is worse which yeah, there... is how I kind of want it to be there wasn't anything this week that made us scream or oh, Imran and Toya were the baddies this week were there whereas last year and Imran last week sorry Imran was getting Ben to go and do his sniffing around finding evidence and it's like oh that feels a little bit underhand and this week it was just our aunt Imran and Toya cute together although Leanne absolutely had a point when she was telling Toya and what Imran. the hell are you doing? You've you've only been engaged five minutes. Why are you getting married so quickly? Well, it well, wasn't listen, saying why. Like, I know why you're doing it. You're not doing it for love. You're doing it for this baby that yeah, you're definitely. obsessed with. She's absolutely right. I, but even though she is right, should she have said that, or should she have just stuck with her sister and um, said, "Look, I don't want to don't want us to fall out." I don't necessarily... I don't know. Do you think she should have kept quiet about it? Okay, well, I... Because she's just going to say, I told you so now, isn't she? I've been in a situation like this, as you know, with a friend, very, very close friend of mine who got married to somebody for a reason that I thought was a bad reason and they did not know each other for very long. Mm. And I said to all my friends, you're not going to stop her from marrying this person. And don't... Like, there was a massive argument in my friend group because somebody said to her, you're an idiot. Um, what well, I don't know why you're doing this, and I and they all fell out, and then I kind of like got everybody to be friends again and support her, and we all went to the wedding and stuff. But everybody <laughs> knew, apart from her, and I think he knew too that it was a bad idea. Mm. And you know, fifteen years and five kids later, and that she finally got it. But there's no way that you would have stopped her from doing what she wanted to do. Yeah, you, you went, and this is the same thing with abusive relationships, when. Uh, Yasmin was with Jeff. You li- you ri- really cannot get involved. You can say your piece, and then draw a line under it, and then you know. Then you have to decide: Am I going to be a friend here and support them? Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that Leanne did decide to be the the you know the bigger person here and say, look, can we can we make up? You know, it it was nice. It's going to be hopefully lovely to see. 
Because she said she was going to be a bridesmaid, didn't she? It's going to be oh, Toya going up the aisle. Well. <gasps> Tell you what, if they have Blue Merrick doing it, it's just going to be perfection, isn't it? Corrie royalty. <laughs> it's the royal wedding. It's You know, it's Will and Kate's 11th wedding anniversary today. Oh, is it? Yes. Happy, uh, happy why don't you know yes. that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what better time to get married? What an auspicious time of year. <laughs> anyway, I think I think we've stand enough about are this. They, are they getting married? Isn't it, everybody? Is it the 1st of May on Monday? Is it? Um, or is it? I don't know. It's a track. May wedding. Is that it's, a good it's a, thing? It's a bank holiday wedding. So everybody's allowed to come. So I hope that wherever they're getting Yay! married, it's just packed. Oh, Michael. What? They have their wedding on a bank holiday, just like Will and Kate's. They had a bank holiday to celebrate their wedding too. <laughs> Curry royalty, you're right, you're right. Uh, right, Gemma, George Snorwell. Well, I hope it doesn't go as well as Charles and Diana's wedding. <laughs> well, tell, tell us about George and Eileen. Monday, George is looking for cinema listings. Because I did, they're I, being old-fashioned. Oh, yeah, they were, weren't they? And she's trying to work out... Um, more about this house. She's suspicious. He's given her all this yeah. stuff about why they can't be in the same house in the same room together while he's asleep. And she's um, trying to figure it out because she doesn't quite believe all of the stuff that he's told her. And she's trying to work out why Todd doesn't remember his cat. And George says, oh, I put him in the cattery because I need a break <laughs> yeah, from her sometime. <laughs> clearly lying. Yeah, because Todd went to stay with him for a little bit, like last year, was it? So um, he's Again, the story's falling, falling down a little bit there because, it, you know, as we later f- discover what the problem with George is, Todd would definitely have known. Mm. I just thought that... Um... I thought they made it a bit too heavy-handed and obvious that he was lying. Like the odd slip up here and there was fine, but it's they really to be laid. Funny. I know it was. They just, I think they laid it on a little bit too thick that he was like, "She, oh, do I mean he?" Or then he would, she would ask it's him a question joke. and he'd be there with his wide Get eyes there again. But um, get over it. Oh, oh, fine, I have because I enjoyed the story in the end. Eileen says that when she was with Jesse, she was second to a parrot and she's not coming second to a cat. Jesse Chadwick. And we all remember That's that. Reference. Higher, lower. Yeah. So wasn't she more annoyed about her sister being his score than anything else? <laughs> yeah. So Eileen and Sean go, and I'm only saying that because that's what they, that's that was the act of people. It was, so it it's not me, it was them. Eileen and Sean go to investigate at his house and he's got quite a nice house I know it's quite fancy isn't it all that undertaker money just considering that um, he's not a cutthroat undertaker you don't, he well you don't go around give... killing people just to do their funerals <laughs> no um, I it was very glaringly obvious going under Shuttleworth not long ago I don't know I'm not surprised the mortgage on that how place how can you go under as a funeral director during a pandemic <laughs> anyway he probably inherited it from his dad yes but it was glaringly obvious that this was filmed in uh, a couple of months ago because it's this spring is, now and his garden was absolutely pants George get your pot sorted out they go investigating with Arlene and Sean um, they go over the fence Sean goes over the fence lets her in and they start to look about but as they are they hear George walking down the street and singing which is how I always announce myself <laughs> as I'm coming home um, if they if they were hiding in the garden from us, they would know we were coming because we'd stop at the doorstep and start fiddling around with Pikmin Bloom <laughs> and say you had to go and get a mushroom. I don't know why they didn't just have George just like driving up to it rather than have him singing. That didn't necessarily seem like He's walking along like with his like character. umbrella, wasn't he? Yeah. Like singing in the rain. Um, 
they so they hide. have to hide from him. They hide in the shed, I think. Well, Sean's in the shed because there was a bit of an um, action cam, wasn't there? A bit of a sneaky cam because we see um, George going, hang on a what's my, my gate's open, he finds, doesn't he? So he does a little bit of investigating. And it, wasn't there maybe some first-person camera? And then he, he opens up the, the shed door and Sean's there going, Wah! and then he turns around and Eileen's behind him. Ah. It was kind of funny, but not so funny for Sue Cleaver because apparently Tony Morsley gave her COVID during those scenes she yes. put on Twitter this week. Yes. So that kind of sucked. Oh dear. Um, he, she wants to know where his cat is and then she calls him a jellyfish, just like every other man she's ever had. Strops off home and tells him never to come. Uh, she He tells her don't come back because he's a bit annoyed mm. that she was in his garden. I would have just said, I'm helping you with your bulbs. <laughs> but she does. I don't think she's a very keen gardener. Well, she hasn't got a garden herself. Actually, she wouldn't know what she wouldn't know one end of the plant from another. No, that's true. Eileen tells George tells Todd about it back home, and he says that they're going to get back together. She's not interested. She's given up on him. And Todd says, "What? Well, are you not still curious about the secret? Because I am." He finds George moping around in the pub, and George says it's over. Another casualty of my condition, he says, and we find out the secret. He's a massive snorer. <sighs> Todd thinks was it's that, funny. Was that your reaction to it? Was it a bit of a... Cause I, I, I heard... What? I, I, I was... The, the way this story was clearly being written as a bit of a comedy. So if it was going to take a massively dark and serious It would have been a bit it, weird. It wouldn't have really fit, but... I don't know, snoring is just a, it's a little bit of a letdown, but it, it led well, listen, to some funny scenes later in the week, so I'm going to give it a pass. Um, I don't know how how um, issuesy what they want to get with it, but actually this can be a very, very de- de- debilitating yeah. Uh, yeah, condition. Is, is this an issues base? So do we get to um, go onto Curry's website and find out if we are also massive snorers? Where do we go? What do we do? I heard, I saw quite a lot of people suggesting that he had a CPAP machine. And he said he didn't want one of those. Um, yeah. But I think that might end up being the solution. It seems a bit easy and obvious. I mean, they they mentioned on Wednesdays... Now, he said he'd been doing breathing exercises, but he hadn't had he had just been not sleeping. But if at the end of this storyline it's just, and he's got a special machine and he's fine, it'll be like, oh, okay, that was easy. Why, why didn't you do this many years ago? See, when I went skiing um, with all my friends, I had to share a room with the only other singleton there he was a man called mike and he snored very very loudly and i could not sleep so i had to sleep during the day and i didn't get to go skiing because i was crap at skiing anyway so i didn't really care but you, there's no way that anybody like i people like gave me earplugs and stuff so that i could cope with the sound of his snoring but it was so loud mm. and um we also have friends who are a couple who when they stay over at our house they can't sleep in the same room Oh yeah, yeah, they can't. So see. it's not really fun, and it's not necessarily to do with your weight, is it? Because the person who snores that we know is very yeah, svelte. Very trim, yeah. So, but if a CPAP machine can help you, and the other trouble is, unfortunately, that if you are uh, overweight and you're snoring like that, and it can be a symptom of problems, and you actually sometimes stop breathing altogether, and mm. it can be very, very dangerous. You do need to get yourself checked out. I, d- I don't like the idea of having a mask over my face when I well, go to bed. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. But the thing is, he hasn't said anything about this is affecting his own sleep, but some people who have this problem, because they're not actually breathing properly, they never really rest. Mm. And so when they get the CPAP machine, even if they don't really want to have it, they find that it improves their life so much that they'll put up 
put yeah, up with it yeah. because it forces your airways open, doesn't it? It just kind of like forces I don't know air into you. Me, but um, that would make sense. She's like, me. I don't care about snoring. I've been married to a serial killer. <laughs> that was funny. He wasn't like but serial fair, killing in the night. That's exactly what I was going to say. To be fair, Eileen, he wasn't doing it in a room where you're trying to sleep, was he? He wasn't shooting people or blowing out their car or stabbing <laughs> them in the guts while you were just, yeah, having a, having a snooze. Yeah, so, so Eileen finds this out and um, he he's saying, look, I've had so many girlfriends. Your girlfriend, number eight, every single one's given up on me before you. They can't they can't cope with it. She's like, I don't care. I think it's kind of funny. I'll help you. I'll help you find a cure. So she goes off to bed These later. These girls must have been bitches. Like, what did... did none of... Did none of them want to help him try? Did they not really love him? Did they just want to go out with him for that sweet funeral director cash? I mean, once you get your discount funeral sorted out, you don't need another one. Yeah, he probably gave everybody a coffin for Christmas. And probably. as soon as they got that, they think, thank you very much. Thanks, now you bye, don't. sucker. Um, she goes off to bed later and tells George to join her when she's when uh, he's ready. And she and he says, uh, no, I don't. I don't really. I don't really know. I and, this and is when he, this is when he mentions kind of the like, mask. Like I don't, I don't want to wear. I, I yeah. I she can't do that. She's I, like, just let's just try it out. See what happens. So on Wednesday, um, they wake up and uh, they're both delighted. It's been a great night. Uh, they're rubbing his nose in it. He's grossed out. They're making weird jokes. I quite like. There's a few scenes this week, wasn't there, where they're uh, talking a little they're bit too graphically funny. or more graphically than Todd would have liked about yeah, their. Yeah, which is uh, not at all. And um, yeah, George says, I've been doing breathing exercises and it seems to have worked. And then later on, we see him driving his hearse <laughs> and he's looking really, really sleepy. He pulls up outside um, he, outside the undertakers and he uh, tries to have a snooze at the wheel, but he headbutts the steering wheel and honks the horn and everybody's looking at him. So he crawls into the back <laughs> and like goes to sleep. And they could have had lots of other jokes this, here. This was a, this was a bit of a like missed, missed opportunity. Yeah. But I think when, when he looked into the back, I was no, like, on. "This is going to be great." Yeah, I was really. <laughs> I, was... I just saw that the whole of the rest of the episode could be taken up by him putting himself in a coffin. The coffin being driven to somewhere, it gets opened up, I and he's there inside. People would have said that's insensitive, and, and people have already said that about this story. But I kind of had plotted They've the rest of the episode it. out already well in my head. That I think that that would have, for me, been absolutely hilarious. And it, it felt like it was over okay. before it began. Unfortunately, it was over before it began. My idea was that he would go into the back and like fall asleep where the coffin would lay. Like, and it would have been really, really stupid with him, like, folding his arms. And then people would have been walking past going, is there a dead body just outside, just laid out? That's gross. They really, really, really could have got a lot more mileage out of that. Instead, what happened was Todd got in the car and he starts to to like get ready to drive yeah. and then he gets the fright of his life because George wakes up and he thinks that, it was funny it was really but it funny. just could have gone on longer yeah um he's like what the hell is going on um why are you why are you and he also he had a pillow with him the George had a pillow and the only reason that pillow would have been there surely is for a corpse's head so <laughs> is this a used corpse pillow yeah i i don't know i don't know don't want to know Actually, I do, I do want to know. 
So they go to the cafe so that he can explain himself. And George says, he stayed awake all night, didn't dare fall asleep because he didn't want to snore. And Todd says, this is ridiculous. You cannot carry on doing this. But he's kind of got this idea that he's going to stay over a certain number of days a week and never sleep yeah. for those days. <laughs> and Todd's like, that's stupid. You, you, you can't. Eileen comes home and... Get some of Summer's energy drinks, he'll be fine. Yeah, well, he, he does that later. Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Eileen comes home to find that George is asleep on the sofa. She, she sits down next to him and they have a chat about how they really kind of, like, love each other up, don't they? They're like, it oh, really I tolerate nice, you. It was end. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's like, oh, yeah, I, I more than I'm tolerate you or something. I... It was and really she's cute. she's going, oh, listen to me. Oh, I'm being so, oh, I'm so soppy. And... Yeah, it was in character because Eileen is usually, yeah. you know, very matter-of-fact and yeah. she's not lovey-dovey and romantic. That makes it all but the more sweet, Sue, this confession. Sue played it very, very well. She's perfect. Um, later on, she kind of invites George to stay over consecutive nights. Mm. Indeed. And he is uh, gets the energy drinks out and he's trying to, to drink as much as possible so he can stay up again so he doesn't snore. But what happened? We don't know. No. Is this story going to come Friday. back this week? I guess I was, he just died. I was really, really enjoying this and a little bit disappointed we didn't get any more of it on Friday. I was... I it, do, yeah, this is... this. I like this. Mm. I don't know what it is about it. It just seems kind of like fairly simple and... Can I just say one thing about... Yeah, it is simple. It's it's a very it's a very you don't need complicated. He said, she said, what happened now? Who knows what? It's mm. literally just he snores. Yeah, I like the little mystery of having a sneak around his house. I like the fact that they had some location filming, so we got to see his house. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Todd being the third, kind of the third person in the mix was great. Just being the kind of the sarcastic. You know, when 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 um. He, they they admit to Eileen when he admits George that it's a snore he's a, a massive snorer I keep saying that phrase um, and he's all ashamed of himself and Todd's just there finding it hilarious I love that I love the, the sleepy stuff on Wednesday I love the soppiness it was just there was an, an awful lot for me to, to enjoy this, this story one thing I want to say about Eileen that I don't think anyone really gives her credit for is that she works really well with most of the male characters that they've put her with for relationships and I don't yeah. I think that's quite over, often overlooked but whenever Eileen is with a bloke you're like please let her find happiness this could be the one yeah there's been a, quite a good few hasn't there yeah, with you know, Dennis and Pat <laughs> there's always one fatal flaw isn't there yeah with all these well, even that that relationship that she had with um Paul Kershaw though yeah. he wasn't the most interesting of characters they seem to to gel she quite often together. gets a pretty steady nice yeah Docile well, this guy. is why she keeps finding so many guys because she thinks about all the good times and then forgets how it always ends in a horrible, sticky mess. Yeah, with murder or yeah. death. Yeah, or, or dirty, dirty cheese on toast. Exactly, death. Mm. That's it then. That that is it. I mean, I just uh, I, I, did. Did you enjoy it as much as me? Yeah, I thought it was, it was fine and simple and um, light-hearted and. It was very sweet. Mm. There were so many sweet couples that are doomed. Yeah, lovely sweet stuff. I ho- I, are George and Eileen doomed? Is it inevitable that they are? Or could this actually, could he be the one? I don't know. It's pro- it's really quite promising. It mm. really is quite promising. And he got to do a little bit more serious stuff um, this week as well. I think still my, my favourite George scene that I can remember that wasn't you know too silly was when he got his telescope with uh with Sam last year do you remember oh, they were looking at the stars together guy. that was really really nice and and we got to see yeah just a, a little bit 
more that he's not just a bumbly buffoon this week. It's a shame he's a massive snorer. It is a massive snorer, it's a shame. Right, um, speaking of... No, this wasn't... This is a comedy storyline, it kind of was. I don't know, the, the Timperton story. It was... The raciness was toned down in this this week, wasn't it, with Tim and Sally? Um, because it's getting all a bit serious and issuesy. Tim gets up early on Monday morning to go for a walk, and Sally says, look, what did you get out of bed early for? I wasn't going to try and jump your bones or anything like that. He, he didn't want to talk about it, though. He's just, like, completely blocks off any chance to discuss his little problem, um, and he wants to kind of make out that it doesn't exist because he's massively ashamed that he's not able to perform for Sally in the boudoir. So he says, look, why don't you just go and find another bloke on the street if you're that desperate for a shag? So this Rude. is when this is when Sally goes to uh, Victoria Gardens and she has that great gossip session with uh, with Aggie. Although I mean, she starts to talk. I mean, uh, it's a bit bit rude, really. But she starts to talk to Aggie about Tim's lack of sex drive, which is a bit private. But then it just turns into a funny bitching session about Gail. I can't remember how it was. Was it just about the probably about the number of husbands that she's had? That's a fairly low. Yeah, how could you steer there. the conversation like, oh, you know, Tim can't get it up, but I guess. If you were married to Gail, I could understand it. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was funny. Like I said earlier on in the episode, <laughs> there was just a quite nice amount of um, nasty gossiping on Monday. Or just fun just fun gossiping that um, we, Corey maybe needs to lean into a little bit more. Anyway, Aggie recommends that Tim make an appointment with his GP. Oh, she would say that. Yeah. She would say that. It's a racket. NHS scab. Yeah. What what happened to the what happened to the alternative therapies, Aggie? Why don't you tell them to go down the Chinese medicine shop or something, eh? Why don't you tell them to just uh, grin and bear it like all the rest of the men? Yeah. So later on, Sally's got the laptop out in the kitchen. She's voggling male impotence. But then when Tim comes in, she kind of slams it shut. He doesn't particularly pick up on this. He's got flowers for her to make up, and they just also have a quite nice soppy. Oh, sorry, I keep forgetting to mute this. Um, they have a quite a nice little soppy scene there. Um, and they agree. Well, let's go to the bistro and have a lovely chat there. This is when oh, they have a little conversation. They have another gossip session then about Nikki, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the funny bit here is that they're talking about um, Nikki being a sex worker and Sally says something like, we better not hear, speak too loudly, otherwise Leanne will think that we're talking about her. Yeah. That was so funny. And then she says there's a willy that's been drawn on the ladies' mirrors. Oh, yeah, there has. That was the other story, the... wasn't it? Somebody in the Rovers has drawn a willy in the, mo- in the mirror and the ladies. I think it was Sean because he said he was going to bring a template inflatable willy to Toya's uh, Hendo or something. I think he He's obsessed. Anyway, um, oh yeah, and then the episode, the, the scene ends with her decide saying, "Oh, let's let's choose what we're going to eat. I think I'll have the sausage." And the look that Joe Dutting gives there was just uh, it was made priceless. us laugh, it, even though it's it silly. really, really did. There, there was fruit. just a lot in this week that made us laugh, and yeah. it wasn't just like. That is nice, yeah. I know, but I'm sure trying to be funny there. Just as many people thought that was juvenile ridiculous. I'm sure, I'm sure they did, but it was a, a lot of it was right up our alley. This an intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they get back later. Tim doesn't really want to go to bed. He's a bit scared and embarrassed about you know what's going to happen. All when... these men scared to go to bed I with their just women. Go there and sleep. It's, it's fine. Oh, I, it, I tell you what, Tim. You think you got problems, but George would love to just be able to go to sleep with his bird. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Why don't you guys swap, swap bits? over? Exactly. If only, if only that was possible. I mean, Max tried. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he, I, yeah. oh, <laughs> he says, "Look, I, I don't want to go to a doctor. I'm a bit embarrassed about it." 
And Sally says, look, you know what? Me and Kevin, we stopped bonking once. And the next thing I know, he's jogging off with Molly, Molly Dobbs. Another classic callback. Can you at least come and have a cuddle in bed, though, she says at the end. Um, Wednesday's episode, straight back into her strongly encouraging Tim to go and see the doctor. Well, it sounds she's like saying, she wanted more than a cuddle when she didn't get it. Sounds like it, doesn't it? She says, look, this problem's affecting me as well, you know. Um, well, and you he says, no, you're just overreacting. It's fine. Don't, you don't need to worry about it. So uh, he goes off to prove his manly dressness by going off and buying a big power drill from the DIY shop. And um, well, he can come and put some shelves up. I know we we have still got some shelves. I'll praise his manhood. <laughs> he wants me to. Um, that's what it takes to get the, the shelves up yeah because it's, it's not happening I'm not doing it I've already tried and I've ruined that bit of wall Sally says look I'm fed <laughs> up of you ignoring the issue here get get yourself to the GP and he says I can't talk about it it is totally freaking me out um, but then after one more moan from Sally he agrees to book to go and see Dr Gaddas um, then we get a funny scene <laughs> where he goes this was like Really unnecessary scene, this was, but brilliant yeah. all the same. He goes to the corner shop, doesn't he? And Deb's there swiping away on Tinder. He's like devving it up to the max yet again. Just go, swipe it, swipe it, just go on with it, swipe it, like, swipe face or something like that. And that was like fairly again. unoriginal bit of scripting. But Jimmy Harkishin just made it come alive there. He was so, so good. And then he, like, he just kind of goes on about how he's God's gift. He's like, hey, man, I've had three dates this week. Imagine the shame if I couldn't keep getting up in the bedroom. Or I can't remember what he says. And Tim's there just like going, oh, I'm, I wish I were as virile as you, Dev. Um, and he kind of scurries out. And the, the scene ends, again, completely unnecessarily, but brilliantly, with Dev giving pelting for a selfie, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, I know. So, I loved it. So, funny. I, I just love Dev. Yeah, he was really good. Need, need, need more Dev. Anyway, the episode, uh, well, that story ends with him cancelling his appointment. So, he's I guess he's not going to be dropping his jaws for Dr. Gaddis anytime soon. He should, he, he should have um, got her to check it out when he did it uh, earlier in the year, didn't he? Shouldn't but- he? Do you need to take? Do you need to show it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, surely if I'm there's all something... man, Gemma. I've never had to go to the doctor about that issue. <laughs> surely she's like, yeah, Viagra next. <laughs> yeah, I know. I but... mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Do you need it prescribed? But actually, maybe he, maybe he can't take that because of his heart. Oh yeah. What's Viagra for originally? It was for a heart thing, wasn't it? And then everyone, all the, all the, all the patients were like. Um, <laughs> Thank going on downstairs. Um, <laughs> raging boner for a week, is that I think, right? I think probably the issue is going to be, I, I imagine that he's going to eventually see the doctor and she'll say, well, the, you know, this is a side effect of what's been going on with your heart or you can't have this particular treatment because of your heart and maybe him and Sally will just have to connect intellectually. Maybe, yeah, maybe they'll have to just do a jigsaw or something. Yeah, Peter's got a load spare that, they, that you can lend them. Um, Maybe she'll have to take a lover. Yeah. So, so th- this story was a lot more palatable for me this week. I have to say, I don't care whether they have sex with each other. I don't particularly. But I'd rather I, they didn't, and I don't want to hear about it ever again. But why am I involved? We. It, it wasn't quite so in your face, was it? it? It didn't have him talking to his willy, for one thing. I think the thing... So that's an upgrade. My problem with this story is that it feels like a repeat of the heart problem story, where it's like, more men don't go to the doctors for problems. Yeah. Maybe it's all leading to he didn't want to go to the doctors for a problem and, you know, third time's a charm and he's going to drop dead. Maybe his... Maybe his willy will explode. 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that would be don't quite know. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe. I'm not a doctor. No. Um, I don't know if that happens. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed this a lot more. It's not, you know, the best story ever, but, you know, it was fine. It's fine. I don't, yeah, whatever. Aggie gets the story, Gemma. Aggie gets a, a story where she's going to nurse in a new area of the hospital. Yes, the bum tube department. Is that what Michael called it? Something like that? Yeah, very juvenile. The gastroenterology department. She's already done paediatrics, oncology, cardiology, cardiology and yeah. now they're like, look, I reckon she just, ha- everyone just hates her. Or maybe... She, like, the first day she comes, she, like, makes a disgusting cake. Yeah, like, they're just trying... That's, the, that's it, I think you've uncovered my it. my Marmite and Courgette cake with chocolate Yeah, frosting. so then they all just and try and everyone, encourage her to no, move to a different department. Everybody goes, wow, Aggie, this is lovely. Thank you so much for making this cake. And then she doesn't... She, she brings one every week. And then they're like, oh, good God, <laughs> we shouldn't have said anything. How do we get out of this? Time for some career should we, progression. Should Abby. we tell her or should we just shift her to another part of the hospital? And Aggie's like, this is great. Everyone loves me. They just can't... Everyone just keeps passing me around because I'm so fantastic that yeah. my talents can't be contained to one... One department. One part of the hospital. Of the hospital. Yeah, so anyway, way. she gets she's going to the gastro, gastroenterology department and she's not happy about it. She doesn't get a choice. And Ed says it's temporary and he she gives him a look. I don't know what that's about. Then she gets ready for work later. She's miserable because she's worried. Her new boss, Mr. Thorne, he's got a reputation. Yeah, he's he's supposed to, he's um, she's not heard good things about him. No, so she um, actually when she turns up, he's like, "Hi, I'm Mr. Thorne. I'm retiring soon. I'm I'm just a really all round good chap. Have you tried the coffee machine? It's fantastic. Anyway, hope you enjoy working with me. I can't wait to look in some bums with you." <laughs> So he, she gets back home later and uh, she says, oh, he was uh, my husband, Ed. He was really nice, this Mr. Thorne. He's a bit of a charmer. And Ed no storyline there then, Aggie. Ed says, oh, maybe I should worry that he might woo you. Is is that where it's going? Is Mr. Thorne going to be wooing um, Aggie? I don't... Not going to be a thorn in her side, but a thorn up her woo-woo. He doesn't do woo-woos. No, but he might make an exception for her. I don't want to talk about... I think we're getting too disgusted. I don't, I don't want Ag- Aggie and Ed to split up over this. I, they're, they're like Michael. the one solid couple, I just married don't know where, where is this going because why has Mr Thorne got this reputation for being an asshole? Well, is he, is he a bit... Um, is he a bit gropey? Yeah, but he wouldn't have a reputation for being um, an irritable I d- I bowel don't... syndrome. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, I I missed what exactly it was that he's supposed to... They were just saying to... he was really, like, crotchety and uh, mm. and demanding. Yeah. Um, and then he's, like, not that at all. It was a bit odd, wasn't you it? You flipped to the idea that they're going to have Well, only fair. because Ed was joking about it at the end, and it's like, Well, they always oh, joke well, about whatever's going to happen next. Prophetic fallacy kind of thing. Is that the right thing? Maybe not. Um, no, I think it's it pathetic fallacy. Oh, yeah, I yeah. am. But it's not that either, is no, it? No, it's not. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think um, maybe that's obvious, but I don't care. I'm, I, I kind of like some of the babies. Well, I can't things. see where this is going. I really, it's like, does he, does he not, is he horrible to everyone in the world apart from Aggie? What does that mean? Or do people just say horrible things about him? Like, is he a molester? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. 
I guess we'll find out next week. And uh, finally, we also had, and originally I didn't even, like whenever these scenes with Zidane and Yasmin and Alia came on, I thought, oh, do, I, do I need to write anything here? Are they saying anything important or interesting? And the, the answer was kind of no. But basically, um, because it is Ramadan at the moment and we've got Eid coming up, um, Stu decides to remind Alia and Yasmin, oh, this is a time for families and reconciliation and being friends again. And after you fell out about... What did they fall out about again? Was it Hashim and the like money the and everything? She that they did something. They, they let Hashim die in front of them or something? I don't know. Maybe you should make up. They've, 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 not, they've not been in it for so long. I've forgotten what they've fallen out about. But anyway, um, they end up having a bit of a reconciliation session, do Yasmin and Alia, partway through the episode. And then they decide they're going to put on a little fair in Victoria Street for Eid coming up. Zidane finds about it and his nose is put a little bit out of joint when he realises that he's not been invited to it. But Stu says, don't you worry, my son, I'll get you in there and you'll be friends with your nan again. And it was as interesting as that. So we've all got some lovely Nazir action to look forward to next week. And it's a shame that I'm kind of thinking this way about it because I have in the past really enjoyed the Nazir families and even Yasmin. I mean, she was number one lady on the show for a good long while a few years ago, but it's it's not working so well for her, what they've left her with now, is it? No, she's, yeah, she's gone off the boil. Really, really massively gone off the boil. And even Stu, like, I think that there's... There is a bit of potential with Yasmin and Stu together, but it doesn't seem like they want to give airtime for that. And if they did, maybe it wouldn't be that exciting anyway. It's a shame. It's just there's there's something that's not quite working here. What did you think about Eid? I like. I really like how they um they mentioned it. I mean, they've they've had Ramadan a few times on Coronation Street before, haven't they? Yeah. And Nazir's have mentioned it, so that was that was cool that it was brought in. And and like I said earlier, the fact the the, the conversation that um Imran had with Zadine about it was totally Zadine Zidane was um <laughs> not at all necessary, but it was nice that they um they gave it a little bit of time. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and, I liked and... it. It reminds you, you know. Yeah, yeah, we are. We and, live in a multicultural society, and you don't know. I don't know much about it, mm. and um, I've never um, been able to have any kind of celebration with anybody who's celebrates something different to me. Mm. So it was. Uh, it was interesting quite fun how to they be invited along to yeah to do or to help. If I was Stu, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's funny that. Ramadan's been going on for like a month now. <laughs> yes, it's coming to the end, and they just like, oh, it's uh, it is Ramadan, you know. And Stu's been working with these people for a month and not noticed. <laughs> yeah, that's the, he was keeping on forgetting. Like, why don't that... you have some food? Oh I yes, can't. I forgot. Yeah, I know, I know, but never, never mind, never mind. Right, Gemma, I am going to let you score and give your character of the week this week first. I want to know what you say because sometimes I think that I give a score and you end up giving me half, giving half a point more. <laughs> and it's become a bit of a How pattern. How have you noticed? How did you notice this? Yeah. So what are I you going to give it? No, no. <laughs> you give your score first for this week. I'm going to give it half a mark more than you. Which is? You're going to give it, I reckon you're going to give it three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it three and a half. You're giving it three and a half this week, okay? I'm going to give it three and a half custard cream trees because I've been trying to grow one in my garden. Well, if you could have any biscuit tree in your garden, okay. what would it be? What would it be if I could have any... Because you know I'm not custard, a big cr- fan. Custard creams are very nice biscuits. But if I had one and, and I thought, oh, I could have had 
there's been so many other biscuits out there and I just went for the first one that came to my head. I might be a bit disappointed. See, you know I'm not a big I'm not a big sweet snack person. No. So if I could get a pork scratching tree, I'd sign up for that. But no. it's a bit sinister, isn't it? Because it's like where is it growing this dead flesh from? <laughs> how is it how is it formulating the this dead strips of dead pig skin? Mm. Um, I quite like a nice um, a, a nice oh. hobnob myself, chocolate hobnob. Well, you know me, Michael. Yeah. I am a bit a bit posh sometimes. So mine would have to be a Florentine tree. A Florentine? That's you know I love like... It is cho- chocolate covered Florentines. Right, if you're having that, then I'm going to have a penguin tree. Yeah, have a penguin tree. <laughs> but don't get us started on whether we could have a Jaffa cake tree in this particular situation. I was going to say Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Um, just because then I'd get to argue with people about whether it was a cake or a biscuit. I very much enjoyed this week. I thought that there were lots of individual scenes that made me go, that was a really well done scene, rather than just, okay, that scene's <coughs> over onto the next one. So you had um, like Amy in the um, in the cafe with Max, kind of talking a bit about you know what she's been going through since the spiking. I enjoyed the chucking the drink over Max. I agree with Max. you. I think that it I... really felt like a bit of a return to more uh, diversity of of cast and yeah. and yeah. and people talking and the stuff with Max getting his, getting his his groin cut was um, brilliant. Was really really well done, more and of it, it made me kind of. Um, I thought there was a lot of George stuff that was funny. The garden scene I enjoyed. The scene in the hearse was fun. Um, everything that Jacob did this week was wonderful, but I have to give him props. I mean, if you're going to try and redeem a character, then having him make fun of Simon, that's yeah, a brilliant way to do it. That's what they should have got Callie to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, like, put Simon in the bin. You had the, the hen do and the stag do scenes. You had that last <gasps> scene with Toya and Imran. <sighs> um, there was an awful lot to like this week, which is why I am going to be oh, giving this week's four? Coronation Street four... I'm going to give it four um, and a half. No, too late. You're giving it I'm three giving and it a half. Four. You're giving it, no. I'm giving it four bum pipes out no, of five. No, it's not funny. Five. It's juvenile. And um, I would Tough. not expect a gastroenterologist nurse to make jokes. She or, didn't make that joke. That was Michael, wasn't it? To make jokes. <laughs> um, who's your character of the week? Um, the bum pipe doctor. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. You cannot have Dr. Thorne. Um... I wouldn't if I had somebody called Doctor Thorne, I'd be like, "Oh, don't you know? That's a bit sounds a bit painful, doesn't it?" You don't want you don't want that. No, I don't know. Well, I don't know what I'd want really, but I want Doctor Happy Times. <laughs> who's your character of the week? Doctor No One Dies. <laughs> um, who's my character of the week? Yeah, it's not it's not Nikki Daisy Max Daniel. Okay, nobody in that story. Uh, I think I'm going to go right in there and say Jacob for my character of the week this week. You do really love Jacob, don't I, you? Why don't you marry him? <coughs> I, th- I, th- I, th- I just think he's a really decent guy and he he's has seen the error, error of his ways. Michael, I know he was selling that he used... pops. He was selling illegal alcohol I know. in a park and I he had know. to run away from the police. But he's just so darn charming. I really, really think he's a 
brilliant character and I hope that Corey hold on to him and I don't want him to be a Graham Proctor that only stays in it a year or two and then disappears and, and, and have people for years saying oh do you remember Jacob no keep him in there Keeping him with Amy, quite, a really yeah, great couple. There's not couple. very many people like him on the street, is right. there? And, and, not, and it wasn't just the, the silly stuff. Like, the scene where he talks about his mate getting stabbed, that was a brilliantly performed scene. I also enjoyed the bit where he finds out about um, uh, about Amy being worried about who was it that spiked me, and he was like, I just I wish you told me earlier. He had a real range this week. I enjoyed his Irish nan's impression he did like on tonight's episode yeah I felt like he is a bit like us where if I do any more than this two word thing it's gonna go absolutely <laughs> wrong and I might be Jamaican out so, of nowhere um, oh, there, are, there is competition from like some other characters but wrong. it's Jacob for me I wanna see I wanna hear Jacob I wanna do his hear a bit more from his nan what about oh. I, want, I want his nan to be a character yeah yeah Na- Nana Hay yeah character of the week Gemma you can't get out of it hey Nana Hay um, is it Jacob? Is it George? Is it Eileen? Is okay, it Toya? I don't know because I, I'm really I'm leaning towards Toya Imran sort of, but because Toya so was so cute. good, so so good. I think in it's got to be Toya. Episode. I really love her. I I why two weeks in a row for Toya? Is that was did she, I was she character of the week last week? I don't or maybe two weeks ago. She I was. don't know. Um, but she's my girl, so I kind I of... I just loved the fact that they gave her the opportunity to let her hair down. I know, it was she got to wear really a veil. lovely. Even if she doesn't get married on Monday, say, like, she falls in a, off a cliff or um, down the toilet or uh, mm. gets poisoned by a biscuit that was dug out of the ground. Yeah. We got to see her in a veil. Yeah. Is this the closest we're going to And it could get? have been a space... It could have been a space wedding, couldn't it? Because you had, like, silver's kind of like white. Yeah, yeah. Space wedding outfit. Okay, so you've got three and a half and Toya, I've got four and Jacob. Keep it up. And I, that's what I should say to Tim. I think. <laughs> he can't oh, get I it. Hope... They can't get it there in the first place. I've got a feeling a that, that next week is, is also going to be good. I think that next week we'll be saying it's a shame that they gave quite too, so much screen time to the Nazir story. Why? What's, oh, because of the just because, festival. Not yeah, yeah, but I, I, and the festival bit is kind of interesting. But I, I'm not in the slightest bit interested in the dramas and the falling out and the the pettiness basically between Yasmin earlier and Zidane. Not interested. It is but, petty, um, isn't it? It's very if, stupid. If there's going to be this wedding, then surely that this story with the happy baby baby is going to be at the forefront, which I love. Um, <laughs> I, and I don't know what else. Who gets married and on a, a Monday? I, th- I think it might even be next week that's the anniversary of Seb's death and um, whether something's going to be done to mark that. I don't know. Oh, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, uh, let's move on to the next bit of the podcast. And now it's time for the cabin then. Um, not a whole lot of news this week that we can discuss in the cabin, although there will be a cabin extra at the end of this podcast with some fa- fairly breaking news, wasn't there? Property, this, is property, a, property. this is a thing that has come on uh, just earlier this evening, actually. But cabin-wise, we got some we got some lovely photographs of William Roach gone out on, uh, on Monday, haven't we? This is uh, following on from his 90th birthday, which I think, was it Monday or Sunday, his 90th? I can't remember. Um, they have He has some new official artwork made of him. That makes it sound like it was painted. It's Photography a, is, art, is an isn't art, it? Yes. yes. 
Uh, yeah, that's the news. He's got a picture of himself. It was painted. It, painted I'm obsessed with What is with wrong this. with you? It was photographed. It was taken by his son, wasn't it? And there's there's some lovely pictures of him just looking kind of happy and one with him posing with his, with his hands on <laughs> his hip very, like he's doing a panto or something. It's a very Will Roche pose. It is. I mean, he loves it. He says it's the best photo I've ever had taken. It was, yeah, his son Will did these. So um, that's news. There's William Roach photos. If you're a bit of a William Roach fan girl, go and check it out. Next bit of actual news, Gemma, you found... Did you find this one um, earlier in the week? I'm sure you sent this one to me. They've now got non-alcoholic draft beer at the Rovers as part of a new sponsorship, yeah? Great. Tell me more. Uh, John Whiston, Managing Director of Continuing Drama ITV, has said that he's very pleased because they... um, This is his quote. This is what he sounds like. Well, we are really pleased to be able to put non-alcoholic beer farms on the bar of our iconic soap pubs, the Rovers and the Wolfpack. We all know that we need to be more aware of how much we drink. This new non-alcoholic beer pump from Heineken will be a gentle reminder that there are great modern thirst-quenching alternatives to having one too many pints of Newton and Ridley. He does sound exactly like that, you're right. Um, this it's Heineken, is isn't it? Heineken, Heineken 0.0. Um, I've never heard of that, but then that's not the sort of thing I'd like. I, well, the beer is disgusting. We all know. We all this. know that beer is a bit. Gross, um, isn't why it, would everybody? you drink long and alcoholic beer? Surely the only point of having beer is to get wasted. So just because, yeah, I mean, are, are we going to go and see Roy downing pints of Heineken zero point zero? I don't think so. Stop I don't think wasting he likes the... scientific energy on making non-alcoholic beer and make non-calorific burgers. Some people apparently like the taste of beer, but no. I don't really get it. Um, I, I don't I believe don't... it. It's like, I know some people don't believe that anyone likes olives, but I do. I do, I do, do like olives, mm. they taste nice. But I don't, I really think everyone's lying. So the Rovers and the Woolpack, which is the Emmerdale <laughs> pub, are going to have this. And I, I want, I'm guessing it's probably just going to be a bit like the co-op and... Um, an E and everything where they don't actually mention it on the programme no, but there. they see somebody pouring it or may I don't know you might get to see a character have one I don't poured want for them and pass to, to them say, I don't know but Jenny can you pour me one of those delicious thirst quenching Heineken, Heineken zero uh, non-alcoholic beer. I mean are we well, going to hey, get Sally, I hear that um, it's better for my I love life if I drink 0.0 and, and then maybe I'll be able to or even Peter why are you drinking beer don't worry, it's one of these delicious non-alcoholic beers. Actually, that could be this kind of interesting to see if... point naught. If Peter goes for that instead of his usual tipple of an orange juice, that could be well, kind of interesting. But I think, yeah, with all of the sponsors, they kind of don't like they to don't make like a big to, thing no. of them. Although sometimes they do go a bit far, like that Argos advert on the bus stop sometimes, it's a little bit too obvious. Well, but, I know that there are certain characters that don't drink Costa... And they've made a choice that yeah. they don't. These characters don't go to Costa, and these um, ones do. I don't. I mean, I I've also heard. I don't think that it's likely that Peter will drink it because I've heard that it's not very helpful, particularly for alcoholics to taste something um, that tastes a bit like it. Because they're like, do you know what would make this better? <laughs> I really miss. Yeah, this would be better if it, if it had alcohol. I in wonder it. if it, would it have been better if they'd had this at Speed Dial? Maybe would would Alia have considered Heineken zero point zero, or is that a little bit too close to the the demon drink? You have to ask her. 
I, d- I just don't, I I don't know why. On her behalf. Why would why would Jenny have had this installed? Is that a people I do think more people. I do honestly think more people are doing this, but I think they're all mad. <laughs> but you, uh, you know, would you have all... non-alcoholic cider? No, and I also would not have non-druggy cocaine. It's just that's just talcum powder. <laughs> anyway, keep an eye out for that. I maybe think Jake, was... maybe this is something Jacob could look into. Oh yeah, maybe non-addictive meth. <laughs> Um, I, I think I read somewhere that this was supposed to have been in tonight's episode, but I, I forgot to look out for it. So maybe, maybe it was in the scene with Jacob and Simon later. But maybe um, that's what they were drinking. Maybe anyway, Simon's young. Is, is he allowed to? Is he, he is. He, he is past eighteen now. Yeah. So I wouldn't be seen dead with a Heineken zero point zero if I was an eighteen-year-old <laughs> lad in Salford. Simon probably does it to make himself look cool. People don't really have to realise that that's what it is. Um, and finally, we have got some congratulations because Brooke Vincent, the lovely Brooke, who plays Sophie Webster on Coronation Street, has just got engaged recently. That was announced, I think, towards the tail end of last week. But her and her partner, Keen, are going to be getting married very soon. So congratulations. Well, Another Corrie wedding. Well, not kind as of soon Corrie. as a Coronation Street character, I assume. Oh, who? Well, who you, no, about? you say you, she's getting married soon, but she's only just got engaged. She's not like Toya and Imran, like, oh, let's yeah, get no, married next not week. Not that soon, not that soon. But anyway, congrats, Brooke Congratulations. And Are we going to be able to see Brooke Vincent back on the cobble sometime soon? I think she's maybe not that interested at the moment, but and she's probably got more, a little bit more on her plate now that this is happening. Anyway. Oh, I don't that's, know. That's really... So again, I can't speak for her. That's the main bit of news this week, so not a whole lot to chat about here, but believe me, there will be in the Cabinet Extra coming at the end of the podcast. Before we get to that, <laughs> we are going to be doing some feedback, so here it is. So after that rather short feedback <laughs> session, we got we got a little bit more feedback. Now, what did I just say? Did I, say I, I wasn't listening to you. I was thinking about singing a song don't um after that very short news section we have got a little bit more feedback this week thank you everybody who has fed back to us this week at conversation at gmail.com and voting on our facebook poll last week's <clears throat> coronation street didn't go down too well with us but it got a fairly it's not so bad score on the facebook group 3.4 was the average score there last week so fair play good good job coronation street jonathan Loved it. Four Guardian reading bleeding heart moralists out of five. Yeah, they can all bugger off. <laughs> Lindsay gave it two and a half tea bags next to the kettle out of five. Oh, probably oh, one common. of the tea bags spilled tea all over the, the kitchen surface there. Pat was uh, my pick of the week. She gave it two and a half Mrs. Littles out of five. Oh, who's the extra one? Where's that half a Mrs. Little come from? I don't know. And is, is it even littler? We have got... This is a message from Jay. Um, and they, he says, um, they've gone too far with Abby to make me be on her side. This was... Interesting, because I think that this is um, not the consensus. But I'm very happy to hear it, because I thought that Abby was like the saint. Well, I don't know. I think saint. that lots of people seem to be just sick of sick of both sides, I, really. Yeah, but Jay maybe. says, um, yeah, can't, on, can't support Abby. She's done so many reckless and illegal things. This isn't a Becky and Roy situation where she was charming but a bit of rough. Abby's been on the point of killing a guy, snorting <laughs> lines off her stepkid's photo, cheated and had a child with her friend's fiancé, abandoned her baby at the hospital, not to mention losing her twins and barely giving them a second thought. It was purely the morals of those around her, Aggie, Kevin, Roy, etc., who made her do the right thing. Those morals aren't naturally there. So yes, Ooh. although they're writing Toya as the evil childless stepmother, I'm on her side completely. I'm on the side of evil childless stepmothers, just on principle. I think, I mean, Jay makes a good point here. I agree. Um, And it always makes me feel terrible when I hear somebody lay it out quite plainly like this. 
And it, I mean, it's, it does it's hard make to me, argue with this. You're not wrong in anything wrong you're saying here. But it also makes me think that I, you know, I think everybody likes to think, oh, I'm, I'm a moral person. You know, I can look at a situation and I can say what's the correct thing to do. And I, I sort of judge my, I trust my judgment, etc. But then when I see something like this, I'm like, no, I am an awful person. And you just have to smile at me nicely and have nice nails. And I'll... Nice nails and teeth. I'll go, yeah. yeah, you know what? She's got a point. She's been hard done by. The, the character has just built up so much um, over the goodwill. last few years. Yeah, goodwill, exactly. That um, I'm still... I'm still finding it very easy to look past all of this which is what makes the storyline so difficult in many ways because I want both sides to win it's the trolley problem Mm. it's totally the trolley problem isn't it right Susan um, has emailed us thank you Jay by the way thank you Jay I I really do might have been a comment on on our YouTube channel this week actually Um, Susan says I've had such a lovely few days catching up with Coronation Street and listening to the podcast still a little bit behind but all will be well I love reading comments (laughs) on Facebook and then finally experiencing the event myself no I don't mean big events like Abby giving birth in the woods or Adam falling off the balcony God, you remember that? I mean, when Sally huffs about the tea bags being next to the kettle. Another interesting thing of being a, a kilter with timing of the episodes is listening to your predictions when I already know what happens. <laughs> I roared with laughter when you were hamming it up about Rick's body and imagining the ridiculous situ- option of Rick being... Rick, oh, Gary, being surprised if it gets dug up during a council-approved dig. You almost got it spot on, but you're only having a laugh. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I'll I'll take it if it's a prediction that we got right. Yeah, we'll take Um, it. Susan says, it may have already been discussed, but I must say that the insistence that Nikki was a sex worker, only only was a sex worker because she had no choice, hinted to me as shaming. I just believe that it was not up to the writers to intimate that the job was the lowest of the low. Only Beth reminded us that sex workers are real people that live in the street. It just didn't sit right with me. Some say it's an honourable profession and I'm not willing to judge. Should she have been fired from a job? Of course not. It's a legal profession. Let's imagine she paid tax. She was legally employed and therefore no laws would have been broken. If she continues with her trade while she's teaching, then perhaps the code of conduct may be breached. But this wasn't meant to be my argument. Uh I just didn't like the holier-than-thou responses. I still have quite a few podcasts to go and I do love working in the garden listening to you both. Oh, what are you planting? What are you doing? Are you weeding? If she's a few episodes behind, she's gonna she's gonna hear your massive anti uh, Nikki t- uh, oh, uh, tirades that you've been on the last few weeks. I th- I don't know whether we've been able to whether we have been on both sides of the argument, feel... but. It- I, it, I, mm. I I really cannot I, I I have very many conflicting and difficult complicated thoughts about sex work in particular and Nikki as a character and how does she represent. Um, how does she represent it? And honestly, I, 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 maybe she's doing a good job in a weird way because I think that people are coming away with different things about or different thoughts about her depending on how they approach it. And I think that shows that maybe it's getting a good balance. I, I don't think it would ever be um, honest to have a character come in and go, I'm a sex worker, it's bloody great, there's no downsides whatsoever and everything's hunky-dory, I think. Um, it, it that's a bit of a naive mm. uh, thing, but I I don't agree with shaming people. I don't think that's fair. And like I think you know, I think we nailed it earlier when we were talking about the reactions, the different people's reactions to Jacob. Who I mean, I mean, 
you can definitely have a debate about sex work and you know what kind of you know is it is it uh, damaging who does it damage in the end ultimately is it is it bad uh, because people shame or is there something else about the job that even if everyone was accepting that might affect mentally the person who's doing it and etc cetera, etc cetera. but I don't think that you can have a nuanced discussion about is no, it good to be a drug dealer or not a... <laughs> I don't think that there's much to, to say to that that's argument. nice about drug no. dealers but yeah Jacob's come out smelling of roses mm. yeah it is I mean it's interesting what Susan's saying she's definitely on the side of um, Nikki shouldn't have lost her job and, and I it's... just thought I, I was thinking I think she should I, I completely get that the school I mean apart from the fact that she didn't put all the information on her application form which maybe would have immediately discounted her I just think it's very risky having somebody there who people could find out about and think of all the drama that had caused and if there are lots of other stronger candidates maybe equally as strong candidates maybe you're going to pick the one where there's not the potential for that kind of fallout. No, but that's stigmatizing somebody, and then it's forcing them into perhaps going back to that when they. I know it's no bad. Option. So I can I totally I get that. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from as well, and I think that a lot of people. You're being very honest. And I think a lot of people sort of um, pretend that things are different, and they're not. I'm just thinking on a practically. But also, I just want to say, from a very, very um, dispassionate and removed um, place. If you say to somebody, "Here's here's a bunch of stuff we want to know," tell us tell us the answers, and you lie when you are asked about something. Yeah, I don't think then you can, you've got a leg to stand on to say, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I lied because I knew you wouldn't like the answer." Yeah. Well, that's why we asked you the question, mm. and if you can't be trusted to tell the truth on, and you knew that you wouldn't be allowed, you knew that with, this was something that we were concerned about, but you thought it wouldn't matter. Well, it does matter, and you can see why it does now. Exactly. exactly. Um, and I'm sorry that I'm sorry that it's like that, and I don't know what this. I just don't know what the solution is. I just honestly think that even in a world where nobody shamed people for this, I still think that it would not be. She could have at least. To, I think that people would still suffer. She could have at least gone to be a TA in a job. place where she didn't used to work. So it's you know she's not going to run the risk of maybe. The trouble is, isn't this though? Isn't this though line. an issue of modern day? Like, okay, maybe in the past you could have escaped, escaped this, and it would have only come out if you know a client had come along or somebody had dug into your past and found this out. But now everybody's online all the time. She is internet sensation and, uh, Tiffany Blue Nights. And she did say, and I, I think this is a point that is kind of run under the radar a little bit, but she did say you have to go online and advertise yourself to get clients. And mm. there was this scandal, wasn't there, about this app that used to exist that that um, sex workers used to advertise themselves and they thought it was, they found it a safe way of interacting with clients and then it got banned. I can't remember. I really am not up on it probably but I, I don't remember you don't I don't, I don't imagine I don't that you know anything about, about it because I, I think it's more an American thing but okay. um it's it's just so risky for women honestly mm. and I don't know how to make it I don't know how to help I really don't I wish I did I, I, I and I think it's fair enough to say if you don't to just say mm. I don't have a solution <laughs> for this sorry but um Nikki need does need to understand that there are more than just three jobs in the world: maid, teacher, 
sex worker. Exactly. Broaden your horizons. You could work in KFC, (laughs) for example, just because that's near our house. And I want to get a job there. Next email. Actually, I want to get a job at Lidl because I think they pay more than KFC. Read out Rich's email, Gemma. (laughs) I'm good. It's guys ten to one. I'm not doing that. So late. I know. I'm. I'm running out. Of, this is how you can tell. You're running tell. out of steam. We've got a cabin extra to get to, Gemma. We've got to sound excited about this. I just really. I'm just really, really. I. I really hate. I really hate. Um. I really hate this. Uh, tr- trying to trying to think of what to say about about poor Nikki. I just wish I liked her. I think if I liked her, I'd make more of an effort to try to... If Becky had been a sex worker, oh, you'd but... have been totally on her side, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> you loved her. Oh, it wouldn't be her fault. <laughs> right, Richard. Here we go, Richard. Right. Overall, she, he thinks Corey's been on point this week. It has. The George Mystery storyline was a bit of a damp squid. What? But did provide some, some comedy. Although, I would have liked the mystery element of the story to last longer. I don't, I don't think I needed it to last much longer. I just, like we said at the time, it felt like it could this have is, been a bit So this bigger. is actually from today, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Great to see Yasmin and Stu back, and I liked how Ramadan was referenced in the programme. I have several Muslim workmates who have been fasting, and it is good when the show remembers that they have characters of multiple faiths, which in fairness is typical of a large conurbation like Greater Manchester. Max needed a wake-up call before he goes any further down the wrong path and it is apt that he's causing David the grief which David has been causing Gail for over 30 years. It's not quite on the same level yet, but give well, him a I few know. years. See, this is the funny thing, right? When David went on a rampage with an axe or like pushed Gail down the stairs, he didn't end up bleeding in a heap on the floor, did he? Max, you pathetic, useless <laughs> crap. <laughs> I think that David was had just a little bit more charm than Max did, but um, it's, it's kind of fun to watch. He's, um, Richard. Richard says, I suspect that the Jacob Redemption storyline will be divisive, but I think it's brilliant. I can see him receiving a fast track elevation to sainthood in the same way as R. Kelly. He really has a very complex background and it was good to see him share some of this with his new BFF, Simon. A great week. And was there a fission of attraction between Aggie and her new boss? I wonder if Coffee Machine could be a new euphemism. Oh, Wishing you and the rest of the community a great holiday weekend. Thank you. Oh, yes, we do have bank holiday next week, don't we? We've got Monday off. It's, it's the Imran and, and Toya wedding it's, bank holiday. It is. There wasn't going to be a bank holiday, but the government was like, look, Imran and Toya getting married. Everyone's going to need to prepare for we this. Need... Making up little cucumber sandwiches. Yes. Getting them into triangles and getting no. your dips and crisps and things. Finger sandwiches. Finger sandwiches. Getting your Scones, fruit, plain cheese, what whatever. What should we have? Um, we need to have smoked salmon and cream cheese, no. um, cucumber and... Veggie lasagna. Oh, yes. Tiny <laughs> little canapes of veggie lasagna. <laughs> oh, I hope they have Cut those. into, like, little circles. I wonder whether they'll go any, like, silly comedy like that for the wedding. I don't know whether they I need to. I would just to. die if the whole thing was just like, oh, did you think there was going to be drama? Well, there's not. Here's Toya wearing a beautiful wedding dress. Here's Imran wearing a lovely suit. They get married and it all goes off without a hitch. And then here's the canapes. Everybody look, there's aubergines. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. And then it's cool that I don't have to go to work. There's literally, I've got no more days of going to work until we get to see Monday's episode. So I'm very happy about happy that. Right, Nancy says day. she doesn't think that Daisy and Daniel are good together. Jenny was wonderful to try and to tell Daisy not to fix Nikki up. I was surprised to see how quickly Daniel jumped to the wrong conclusion. Also, he expected Daisy to get used to Nikki and himself as mates. If he bothered to meet Daisy halfway, maybe she could have done. 
If Daniel wants Daisy back, he's going to need to show her that he respects her. Imran doesn't need to set Abby up, as he is the father. If he sets her up, it could all go downhill for Toya and him, which is a shame, because yeah. he and her would make wonderful parents. Yeah, that's kind of gone a bit quiet, hasn't it, on the Abby framing front? I just wonder whether, you know, as the wedding going on, or you know, or before the wedding starts, he's going to get <sighs> something from Ben or something that says, right, I could do this, I, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, I need to see you now. I've got yeah. dirt. I need you. I need to give you to give me the okay to. Mm. Yeah, that'd be quite good. And then Toya's like, "What are you doing on your it's phone?" Supposed to be the bride that's late. Mm. I loved Kelly confronting Beth. Um, I wonder if she gave the cash to someone that Rick treated badly. Yeah, what's happened to Kelly oh, yeah, and her disappearing was, cash bag? She was like being a weird version of Robin Hood, except if Robin Hood gave money to people who his dad was mean to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> mate, I'm not that excited to find out, but I had forgotten about oh, yeah, it. yeah, I forgot about it. Um, I love how Sally finally got Elaine to go home. Yeah, so am I. And I hope that Tim gets help. Um, I give this yeah, week's episode three Newton and Ridley cats out of five. Catch of the week for Nancy was Shona. Oh, interesting. Shout out to David. No, sorry. Daisy, Nikki and Mrs. Crawshaw. I'm sure David was great too. And finally, Gemma, we have got our message from Rebecca. She says, I agree with you both over Nikki. Daniel is being a total idiot. And if he thinks that Daisy leaked the pictures, then he doesn't know Daisy very well at all. And maybe he and Daisy shouldn't be together as a couple. Max is definitely doing this despite Daniel and Nikki is despite Daniel and Nikki is just in the crossfire with her being a friend of Daniel well that was what Max probably believes David and Shona should have a parental lock on the computer though <laughs> I also love Daisy asking Leo and Paul if they had any male friends for Nikki and when Ashley and Nikki saw each other I shouted out Ashley's used Ashley's used her so I was correct in the end I do think Daisy and Daniel will get back together but maybe not for a few weeks I totally understand why you aren't enjoying the summer story. I've realised that I think you either need to have diabetes or know someone who has it to fully involve themselves. I didn't enjoy Jacob selling the Alco Pops and I loved Billy in Summer's scene where I fully understood how she felt with everyone looking at her. Good point about Amy with her lactose intolerance. I never thought of it that way. I quite like Darren, but I still think he's just a filler until Ardy and Summer get back together again. I think it was quite a nice um, nice bit of respite from the the, the summer storyline, wasn't it, this week? Yeah, that's one of the one of the things maybe subconsciously that maybe enjoy it more. I think shared custody between Abby and Toya and Imran could be a good thing, but you know it will never work out. Every time the PA comes on screen, I become distracted by how young he is. Also, I thought Imran was struck off, so why is he still working in the office? Like Michael, I have no idea what Kelly is doing, sneaking off. My first thought was drugs, but it's just a guess. Also, I love Gary's face when Maria mentioned veggie lasagna. I think George has a secret, but I don't think it's a woman. I've seen a brother floating around, but I don't. Suppo- I suppose it could be a, a brother George is helping with an illness. But why Wrong. wouldn't he tell Eileen? <laughs> as daft as it was, I was quite enjoyed the fillers in this story and enjoy the chemistry between Tony and Sue. Finally, glad that Elaine has finally gone. <laughs> as long as it's one scene per episode, I don't mind Tim and Sally stuff, but I don't need it to be a main story, which I worry it could be. Also, loved Fergus getting a mention, so they haven't forgotten about him. Character of the week is Daisy, and I give it three owners that bang on about their cans out of five. No, come on, Rebecca. Every every it's five out of five for that. Yeah, just imagine if the Tally and Sally and Tim does become a big story. I, that's just a bit weird, isn't Don't it? Care. Imagine it being on the front of the front of the soap magazines. You walk into the supermarket, and it's like Tim can't get it up. Is the big headline splashed across the front page? Or then the winner of this your British Soap Awards this year for the best story is Tim's impotence. <laughs> mm. 
I don't know. I don't know. Right. That is it for our No, feedback. you shouldn't laugh. Actually, that's bad, isn't it? That's bad. It just shows you. I know, I know. It shows you that... We um, need more teaching about it as a society. That we don't appreciate it's a bad thing. I know. I think we know really, but... We know really, but we... Corrie are making a bit of light about it as well. Right, we have got three new patrons this week, Gemma, that we need to I thank. Know. We've got JG, that's a mysterious nice. name, what's that stand for? We've got Leah and we've got Freya. Thank you very much, you three, for joining our Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. Really do. Thank you so much. Um, love you guys. Yeah, great. And uh, don't forget, if you want to join up, you uh, I, would, I would recommend waiting till May. And yes. then if you join your Rovers tea, you get a fancy bottle. Fancy more a bottle when we are able to get mm. our hands on them. Um we will get into Cabin Extra in just a bit, as we promised. But before then, we better say how you find people can get in touch with us if you want to give us some feedback. Feedback? Give us feedback. a feedback. Well, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our blog at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can find us on Instagram and have an argument like those two ex Cory actors did on our post this morning about oh, yeah. who gets the free water bottle. It's none of you. Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. Patreon. We are everywhere. So go and find us and tell everyone how great we are. What is going on there? I don't know. It's just started saying that it's connecting to my... That's weird. Our Alexa in the kitchen is just talking. That's a bit creepy. Right, everybody. We are about to move into the spoilery section of the podcast because a big bit of news dropped this evening that I am looking forward to having a little bit of a chat about right now. So uh, if you don't want to know all that news, if you are 100% spoiler free, firstly, good on you. But if not... Then um, stay because... Are you free range and we, organic? We are going you to talk leave. about it right now. Gemma. Yes. we got a returning <laughs> character. And this is someone that we've talked about for a long time returning. And I do believe that they were one of my predictions at the beginning of the year that they would return in 2022. Who's back in Coronation Street later this year, Gemma? Spider Nugget. <laughs> Nugget. <laughs> spider it's smaller new- than a chicken nugget. <laughs> uh, spider nugget. <laughs> spider Nugent is, is making his return. Crazy. I, when I made really, that prediction at the beginning, yeah, I didn't actually sky, think it. it. I didn't think he'd really come back. Although it does kind of make sense with the environmental push that Corrie's doing with Maria's. Well, oh, I hope he doesn't get tied into listen, Maria's schemes. Maria? Well, yeah, you know, oh, environmental counselling. He might do, though, mightn't he? I told you before, Michael, you manifest to the universe mm. certain things. You've done the secret on this. You know what that is? Where you say, I want something, and then the universe gives it to you. You've made this happen. I don't, I don't, I don't want to Why can't to you make us win the lottery? So, this news was dropped at, like, five o'clock this evening, was it? I literally, I drove, drove home from school today... Get out of the car. No, no, I stopped, stopped my car. Oh, I looked on my wait phone. I can't to hear all this, yeah. Literally. And then I saw it was there, and it's like, amazing. Um, and it only just dropped. So um, he's uh, Martin Hancock, who plays Where Spider. Where were you when you found out that Spider... I was sitting in my car, just getting wow. out from school. When I was emptying the dishwasher. He was in the show between 1997 and 2003, on and off, because he went away and came back for a little stints, didn't he? Um, and he's going to be back. He's going to be appearing on our screens in July. Happy birthday, Michael. 
I know that is good. Happy birthday to me. Um, now, the, the press release about him says, as the because we'll read about this first and then discuss it. So, as the on and off boyfriend of Toya Battersby, Toya le- Spider left Coronation Street in 2003 when he headed to London to start afresh with Toya. They later separated with Spider moving to Peru. While after a failed marriage to Toya, returned to be with oh, her family in 2016. Yeah, she was. She was married to Greg or whatever. Gregory. Yeah. Um, with life having moved on, has Spider held on to the ideals of his youth? And has he come back for one final attempt to rekindle his love with Toya? Or is it something else that brings him back to the street? What could that be? Of his decision to bring Spider back to Coronation Street, producer Ian McLeod explained, Martin is a fabulous actor and Spider is a character with real heritage and affection from fans. His return heralds an enthralling new story for <laughs> Toya, who will be embroiled in a mess of guilt and secrecy when Spider arrives. Will he be her saviour or the thing that ruins her life? life forever toss up oh my gosh this i i this is amazing news i'm so so happy and there's been lots of well there's been a handful of cory exits that have, have happened recently like emma and and oh, yeah. uh, johnny and everyone um that have made me sad that characters are leaving this show but um i was so so thrilled to hear that spider's coming back i'm really looking forward to it and Spider-Man. honestly july can't come soon Spider-Man. enough i hope we can i'd like to when we go to if we go to manchester next uh, to be able to see him and tell him he's um, an awesome chap he's awesome and when he comes back you've got to call the storyline enter the spider-verse do I? Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a film? Okay. I want to get Martin Hancock on the podcast. I'm putting it out there now. Somebody get me a chat with him. I really enjoyed Spider at the time and um, watching him on Classic Coronation Street just loved me even more. He's so... He's he's just weird, isn't he? He is the sort of person who, when you talk about the great British eccentric, he comes to mind... Yeah, he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him and he just hangs around in a tatty jumper and... Uh, He's authentically Spider. I... Um, if, he, if you don't know who Spider Nugent is... Yes, which, you just you know, he, he was an eco-warrior um, that came into the programme back in 1997 and... Um, he caught the uh, he he caught the eye of uh, young Toya Battersby, didn't he? Didn't An idealistic he, who, young, yeah, who malleable his girl. ideals of saving the planet, and he went up a tree with Emily Bishop to uh, protest the bulldozing of the Red Wreck, and um, then he then he ended up working for the man, didn't he? He went to the. Um, benefits office that he was working for and we've just yes. seen the, that story play out on classic Korean ITV3 as well but um, then he ended up uh, feeling that he couldn't work for the establishment stood on some tables and left and he went to go and start a juice bar in London he did eventually yeah on his second he time he probably does bubble tea now so um, yeah all this time nearly 20 years since Spider has been on the podcast Je- not the podcast <laughs> podcast even around 20 years ago on the show um the quest, big question is, is he coming with news of Emily Bishop's death? Because I, I'm sure everybody's thinking it, aren't they? Yes, I am. Do you reckon? Well, it's the fact that Ian McLeod was like, is he coming for this? Is he coming for that? Or is he coming for something else? Oh, it wasn't him. It was just the press release that said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the press release says that. Uh, it, it could be. I don't think it's just that. No, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, uh, although, I mean, who's... I think that's why he would be coming back there. I don't think that he's got any reason to come back no, to Coronation I Street. I mean, he's got going to have some links to Toya. I, I don't think it was made clear when exactly he and Toya split up. I mean, for all we know, they could have had, you know, 10 plus good years together. But if they just, you know, drifted apart, 
Well, mid two thousand. We know that she. Then. Yeah, we don't know. We know that she was married when she came back and having an affair with Peter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, five years ago, whatever. Th- this is great because it just goes to show that this story that Toya is in at the moment isn't going to be the end of Toya in twenty twenty two because she's sure as hell going to be majorly involved in whatever spider. But is he going to ruin Imran and Toya's wet marriage? I don't know. They're happily I, married now. I, I I don't know. Um, there's obviously going to be some. There's going to be some kind of romantic chemistry rekindled right. between them, isn't there? There's got to be because honestly, as much as I adore Toya and Imran, I also think that Toya and Spider were a really well suited couple. And I'm not I'm not saying here who's the best couple out of them, but um, I Toya, think... Toya, I mean Imran and Spider, give them a chance. Imran and Spider, you say? Oh, yeah. Okay. Why not? No, I just think that you know Toya's first love, the first man that she um. I say stick with him. That's what I did. That she stuck with in a tent is uh, yeah. it, it, there's going to be something there. Um, I don't like the idea that um, that he could be the things that ruins her life forever. I think that if that seems they weird. What he was a, he was a fairly kind of pleasant, amicable chap, wasn't he? Um, and I think if he comes in being a bit of a, a villain or a bit of a um, What's the what's the what's the other word? Um, antagonist character. I think that would be a shame. So I hope that we get to see lots of fun stuff with him. I, I wouldn't. I think when we did the predictions at the beginning of the year, and I said that Spider comes back in, maybe he has lost his way in life a bit, and he's you know forgotten about saving the planet's quite important actually, and maybe over the course of the story he learns to love the Earth again. So I wouldn't mind that, but. Um, any what what are your thoughts and hopes for this? Thanks for asking me. Sorry, have I been waffling again? No, you haven't been waffling. Um, I find it very interesting because the, Imran and Spider could not be more different people. Um, they both are very principled, but I think that they would hate each other, don't you? I think yeah, I think absolutely really hate was. each other, and because uh, Spider's like willing to throw everything away to sort of. Um, stand up for what he believes in and I really do not think that Imran Imran's the sort of person who will do what's most convenient for him at the time which let's be honest I think we're all a bit like that aren't we mm. we'd all like wish wish we were principled like like Spider but in real life I think we're a bit more cautious the other thing that I find very interesting is that when Spider was originally introduced to the show um, in the late 90s eco-warriors were on on the, the mind thing, of, of the, in the of, zeitgeist in the culture you know going up trees training yourself to trees um it digging was, some tunnels yeah it was very inconvenient to a very small amount of people and everybody else could just kind of laugh or agree with them and it didn't really inconvenience anybody the 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 um the eco warriors of today also very much at the forefront of people's minds because there are lots of different groups aren't there there's insulate britain who mm. are trying to get the government to subsidize um insulation in homes to reduce the cost of heating houses and therefore help global warming there's the Extinction Rebellion, who are, I don't remember what they're doing, but they're like throwing red paint on everything. <laughs> and now there's the oil people, the petrol people, who are going and smashing up petrol stations. Have you seen this? No, thing? no, I don't. So they're going around. And they, there's lots of interviews. I don't look at the news much at the moment. It's a bit too depressing. There's lots of interviews with very principled 
um, people who are saying, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm being forced because this is a very serious issue and nobody's paying attention. So I'm going to protest. And then in the, you know, in the news, everybody's sort of getting up in arms about it and saying, oh, they're dreadful, aren't they awful? Can't they protest without inconveniencing me in my everyday life? Mm. And, you know, do you remember the story, the story? I can't remember which group it was, but they were super gluing themselves or... To the floor and sitting in the way of no idea what of roads is. and um, getting in the way and everyone was getting upset because they were blocking ambulances. So and what does like this that. new breed? I'm of... just saying. To, I'm just saying to you. What are you asking me? I'm just saying. What does this new breed of eco warrior? What's that going to mean for Spider then? Exactly. Do you think? That's the question. Is is he part of this group? Is he going to come and say? Because everybody really likes Spider, but I think it's because eco warriors back in the day it felt less important, didn't it? it didn't really feel like. At the moment, it feels like if we don't do... Well, it is obvious. If we don't do something about the planet, we're going to all burn up to a crisp and die of famine. Yeah. Whichever comes first. Whereas back in the back in the 90s, it was like, yeah, don't take the trees, man. <laughs> I like looking at trees. So is he going to be more serious and a bit more, you know, in your face and actually... Is he going to be more principled and more serious? Or is he still going to be a bit of a joke? Yeah, I wonder, because he was a bit of a joke, wasn't he? But he was a a joke to the sort of kind of odious, obnoxious, Les Battersby type of characters that he would then have these battle of wits with and and completely trounce. And I don't know whether there's anybody at the moment who is as obnoxious as that. So I don't know who he would be sparring with necessarily. This is what I've said before about sanitising characters. Yeah. Um, where we've got to the stage when everybody's very politically correct and nobody thinks the wrong or ever says the wrong thing about anything. Um, and, you know, the bo- the bogeyman is a, a character that has to be introduced specifically to say something controversial mm. that, to be honest, a great deal of the population probably would think and say in real life because otherwise there would be no need to tackle these, yeah, these issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really I think that yeah, Spider. You're right. Spider Spider always got the upper hand, didn't he? Generally. But again, it's because he wasn't inconveniencing the sort of the common man in inverted commas. He was stopping people from redeveloping the red wreck. Yeah. 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 Interesting stuff. I think um, I don't know whether I want to go any further on this now, but um, yeah, that was such such good news. I like the little reveal thing they did as well because they had a, a little video. I can't remember whether I even showed you this. That you had... did. No, no, but there was oh. a, there were two videos. There was one where he was one wandering video. around the street, but you couldn't say who it is, and it was like, oh, who's this? Who's come back to the street? And they had like his legs stopping outside various places, and um, and I think at the time there, I thought, is that is that spider? And then the video I showed you was um, was Martin coming out of the rovers and saying, hello, it's me, I'm back. I just want to also say, I assume if this was him in costume. I don't know actually. What was he even wearing? He was wearing like a green. This is just me. I I only. This is me going off my memory. Mm. Is he not? Is he not wearing like a green army sort of jacket with like all the pockets? No, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Which makes me think. Well, the impression that I got is that he is um, still the spider of old. He's not like turned into a. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yes. Yeah. He's not turned into a stuffed shirt like I've forgotten my principles kind of kind of a bloke. Unless this is actually just what Martin Hancock wore. Maybe. He looks a bit studio. a little bit better turned out in that than he, than he did 
when he was quite so scraggly back in those I'm days. Really, but he's 20 years older, so we all change. And I'm really, fashions. really hoping that Spider comes back and he is still an eco-warrior. And I, I really hope that he ruffles some people's feathers and he puts across the message that some of the people who are protesting are trying to. And I really want people to tackle it and talk, the characters to talk. I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's just going to be a stupid love triangle. But I really want him to challenge some people's conceptions. I don't think Maria is doing it for anybody. No, I I hope that the important issues that Maria is trying to get across, he can get across in a way that doesn't make me just want to say, shut up, which is kind of unfortunately what Maria is making me think. Because I can't get behind Maria, but I think I could get behind Spider. Yeah. And I also want him to sort of call out some people for being hypocrites. We all really need to have our faces slapped, don't we? And be told that you can't carry on doing Yeah, I did like that he was was not afraid to say what he thought. Yes, his fearlessness is so admirable. Mm, mm. Very exciting stuff. I wouldn't want him to talk to me. I'd be like, no. um, I'm sorry, I need my hot blanket. Still got a couple of months, <laughs> two, three months before we get to see exactly no, how that's going to well, play out. That means I've got plenty of time to prepare for your birthday. Yeah, that's very, very true. But not for my dad's birthday, which is next Thursday, and we really, really must get him a present. Must do that this weekend. Anyway, thank you everybody for staying to the bitter end, if you did. Are you, what do you think about Spider coming back? If you email us to tell us whatever, then I'd just be interested to read. But don't post about it on our Facebook group, though, because that's a spoiler-free group. But because we know about it, do email away. Right, we're going to go now. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed that. Hope you're looking forward to our bank holiday Monday Coronation Street with a wedding. Will it go ahead? We'll have to wait and see. But for now, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And we will see you next time. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Podcast Themes.